2: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast Feed. And this episode of the Force Center Podcast Feed is one of our deep dives. We're going to be diving deep into the connections between The Last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker. Are they a dyad? Maybe even a triad with The Force Awakens? We're going to discuss that very much in this episode. My name is Joseph Scribshaw.
3: I'm Ken Napsack. This will be a fun episode to uh, really get into some things and maybe pull back some curtains on doubts and thoughts and questions we have. But where we ultimately land on these movies, uh, no hot takes here, just long sips on uh, deep,
2: deep ruminations. (laughs) Let's sip the deep ruminations, which sounds like a really great, maybe kind of a dark craft beer. It does. Yeah. Available uh, at local gastro pubs here. In, uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, before we get into it, uh, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible. Get a free audiobook download. There is a little Jerry Lewis moment there for me. So I'll start again. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30 day free trial at slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, This week we are recommending Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, the first book in the new High Republic storytelling. The second book, uh, the adult book, uh, is coming out soon. So if you haven't started in the High Republic, why don't you give a listen to Light of the Jedi so you're all caught up? To download your free audiobook today, you can go to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Again, audibletrial.com slash Force Center for that free audiobook. And Ken, do you have another offer? Oh, let me look around.
3: I do have another <laughs> offer. We're happy to offer it. Uh, Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, is offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. To get your discount, enter the coupon code FC35 or visit the website with this link, insideeditions.com slash discount slash fc 35 FC three five this week. We're recommending the inside editions book secrets of the Jedi. Get it to learn about the Jedi and get ready for the, Secrets of the Sith book, coming out from Inside Editions shortly. Check it all out with the code FC35. Joseph, back to you, sir.
2: Yeah, we're going to talk about some secrets of the Jedi, or our our secret opinions are no no longer secret opinions uh, about uh, some of these movies about Jedi. Uh, Ken, I don't want to shock you, but I think uh, that there's some strong feelings about the sequel trilogy. Very, very strong feelings. Uh, Good, bad, otherwise, in-between, confusion joy love <laughs> uh, yeah 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 i was uh, gonna say indifferent but
3: i don't find a lot of indifference
2: <laughs> nope uh yeah there. no that would be a fun conversation to have like yeah, yeah. i don't remember him. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh but we wanted to have this conversation because a lot of time the strong feelings around the sequel trilogy do seem to hinge on how well the last jedi and the rise of skywalker connect now, of course, in this conversation, uh, The Force Awakens is going to matter a lot because that's where a lot of the you know ideas are ob- absolutely set up. Uh, but we want to focus on really this discussion of do The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker connect or is there a lot more uh, friction? And uh, we've discussed this, Ken, because uh, recently this kind of uh, blossomed again of the question of a, was there a plan or not? And, uh, you know, kind of uh, working through, well, if there was or wasn't a plan is a great discussion. But ultimately, where that leads us is, uh, what do you think of ended up on screen? And it, does it matter what went on behind the scenes in terms of plan or no plan if you're happy with what went on on screen in the actual story? And I think a lot of the the discussions between fans about The Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker, they end up about being about the the behind-the-scenes stuff a lot. You know, those Mm -hmm. questions or those discussions always involve uh, mentioning interviews or uh, rumors or theories about the creator's intent. You know, it is often a discussion of the creative process, which is valid and interesting. But for this episode, what I really wanted to do is take a look just at the stories themselves and discuss them as though, We just discovered them buried in a tomb and we know nothing about who made them. And we're just watching the story. And when we just watch the story without interviews or rumors to, to cloud our judgment, uh, where do we perceive friction between the movies and where do we perceive harmony?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well said up top. Uh, there you go. That's the episode folks. Now, uh, this is, this is, uh, uh, obviously a topic that has uh, a lot of passion attached to it. A lot of things come up. Um, we Joseph and I here will always uh, and, and Jennifer, obviously, when she's on on uh, discussions here, we always try to come, you know, d- not just from a positive light, but consider all sides and be measured. And sometimes I can have little moments of grumpiness when it takes over and I just kind of sometimes the discourse uh, tires me out. I don't speak for you, but Joseph, I know sometimes my battle, uh, my battles as well. So <laughs> I, I, am I saying anything out of turn there? No,
2: no, no, no. I, I love having the discussions. But I think because people feel so passionately about these movies, the discussions are often uh, there, there's a lot of energy and anger, and this is the way it is, and that is the way it is, and in that part of the discourse, not people having different opinions, but people expressing them uh, with, with anger, it gets really hard for me and weighs me down.
3: Yeah, it weighs me down too, and I just don't think a lot of it is, is fair to the story, and and you can judge it on yourself and, and that's no shock for anyone who's listened to Four Center for a while. But I, I, part of this discussion, and I'll say up front, I, I'm I'm entering this this particular episode of the of, of Four Center with with a just kind of. Not going off the cuff and off uh, just off, uh, you know, my mind here, but just going off my heart and my reactions to these films and what I feel about these films uh, and how they relate to Star Wars story. But also it, it brings up things uh, listening to you set the table here, Joseph. I'm going back to might be a, literally a week after Rise of Skywalker's is out and about. And I maybe seen it twice by this point. And I was at a uh, one of the last big social events I was at before uh, 2019 turned to 2020 and things changed. Uh, and and uh, a couple of friends of mine, one I used to work with in the digital world, one I'd been around, was a writer, I didn't really know as much. And uh, they said, oh, have you seen Rise of Skywalker? Said, oh yeah, absolutely. And one of my friends, the one I'd worked with goes, I, I got to ask you, because you know, you're a Star Wars guy, like, did you like it? And I go, oh, I love, I love Rise of Skywalker. And again, this is all I said. And he goes, the next thing out of his mouth, Joseph, he goes, but did you feel it connected to the last general? <laughs> uh, and I said, Yeah, in general. Yeah, I, I absolutely think it, it did. And then the guy next to him, again, I'm not, not super close to them, so I don't I definitely don't want to say his name, but he just goes, <laughs> It clearly was a middle finger to Ryan Johnson. And I ended the conversation. I walked
2: away from both of them. <laughs> literally I was like, good, I'm going to the bar. Um, like a total sitcom moment, you just literally turned without saying anything. Done. Done. And the reason
3: that makes me grumpy is is. Things in the Roger in Skywalker or Last Jedi might not work for you in terms of connection, and those are what we're here to discuss. But so often it gets boiled down to what you think you know or what you think the reason is. Again, if you love these movies, you're not going to question anything about a plan or anything about this and that. Who directed it? Who wrote it? Who was fired? And all these kind of things. Uh, phantom scripts leaked by directors to websites. None of that's going to matter to you if you like it, right? And I think that's generally where I come down on. Um, but if you don't like it, instead of researching why you don't like it or really discovering for yourself why you don't like it and being OK with that, because that's valid, you, you then jump to what you saw, whether you wanted to click on a clickbait title or not. What is just the water cooler conversation? Oh, that didn't work because X, Y and Z and it's a middle figure of that guy and they hate each other because I heard some this and that story. And so that's we're trying to go beyond that today. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph, we, we start
2: there to to acknowledge it, but then move past that. Exactly, exactly. And I think what we always try to say on Force Center and Mean is we uh, welcome other uh, opinions, of course, uh, especially if they're um, expressed, you know, uh, without anger or vitriol. And I'm always fine with anybody who's like, I don't like any of the sequel trilogy movies, or I like this one, but I don't like that one. Your personal taste, your personal reaction I believe art is subjective. I believe that's one of the things that makes it beautiful. So while I'm a big fan of the sequel trilogy, and as we go through this podcast, it will be obvious that I I think it mostly all works. Totally open to to people who uh, don't think it works. I think what bothers me sometimes is, for me, it's one thing to say, hey, I see how The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker were trying to connect but the way those they did those connections just doesn't work for me. I don't like it. Or hey, when the last Jedi ended it seemed like the next movie might just be about Kylo being the leader and I really preferred that idea. So it's hard for me to like Rise of Skywalker. Like opinions yeah. like that I don't mind. What what I struggle with is when people say there are no connections period. Yeah. Be- that's what I really strongly disagree with because I think there are many connections. And then if you don't like those connections, great. That's subjective. That's your choice. But the thing that makes me grumpy and makes me want to go live on an island <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, and drink Thalassirin milk uh, and get it in my beard is that idea that there just aren't connections.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't like uh, specifically Star Wars movies, just the uh, they should have done this type of train of thought because o- often the things that are suggested, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, they didn't do that, though. And they did this. So, what do you think about this? Uh, that's there. And look, artist objective. subjective. I just lived an example. I had never seen the movie Inception until last week. Uh, Grace and her family in town, they, we put on uh, Inception at home at the home theater and had some popcorn. And uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Not for me. Didn't connect. I, I like Nolan stuff. So, I'm, it's that's not an issue. I, I, I even like Leo DiCaprio. I'm, I'm here for that. I get, eh, eh, I don't like it. And, you know, I may or may not have been kicked out of the house for four days, which I understand. Like, it, it was a thing. It's <laughs> part objective. And, and, uh, I just, I wasn't like, and ah, Nolan didn't have a plan. <laughs> it just was, it didn't work for me. So we're here for that kind of stuff too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you come from the perspective of why you care about it, not, that it didn't have enough of an overall plan and because of that you feel like that is the reason that you don't like the film that is totally understandable but what we want to do today again is just just dive into the stories forget uh what percentage was planned what percentage was uh, Mm -hmm. made up uh uh, as they went uh and just dig into what's there in the films and in are is there friction is there harmony? So, with that in mind, um, I think we've already made it clear that you know you and I are both fans of both of these films, which is also you know I think a part of this journey of there was such backlash against Last Jedi, and you and I were both like, we love Last Jedi. Here's why. And then Rise of Skywalker came out, and then a lot of people were like, you know, but Last Jedi is good, and this one's bad. And we're like, but we like this one too. <laughs> it's a hard a hard place to be sometimes, uh, but obviously, we're both fans of both of those films. What what is your overall reaction? um The films work together for you in the big picture, right? And, and did they right away? Did something change over time? Take me for through your your journey of do they work together?
3: They 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 work together in the sense that I think. Uh, let, let me even go back to the beginning. I, I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but this yeah. is you know. But this is like I said, I, I'm going a little off the cuff, a little from the heart. The, the, the term emotional canon that we use around here uh, a lot, and, and it's something that I think I may have stumbled on. I, 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 I had that point when, when my viewing of Star Wars and how I took in Star Wars in 2015, 2016 into 2017 changed. And this includes the books, and New Dawn, and Rebel, and everything, uh, Rebels, and where I was convinced uh, Zare Leonis was Finn, right? Like, <laughs> or uh, a family member, and it's all connected. And that staff is this person's staff, which, by the way, are all fun things. And by the way, look at the figure. Plagueis' staff definitely seemed like it could have been there. But when stuff stuff like that didn't start appearing and I was a little like, huh, suddenly the themes. And, and, and when you came over to my house one day, you mentioned it when we were looking back on the origins of Force Center. We're like, let's dive into the themes and even the basic themes of Force Awakens started to change how he took it in. That's where that, te- that term kind of comes from, the emotional canon. These are all connected. So Rise of Skywalker, absolutely, and never questioned it. There's things along the way that I was like, oh, they did that. Oh, I did that. And I think I'm going to come back to that a lot. I always talk about the execution. Uh, I, on paper, uh, the idea of Palpatine coming back in any way, shape or form as a, a clone in, in any way, shape or form. I was like, I don't know if I like that. But I like what it represented. I, I like the questions it made me ask. And so that's where I, I, I've I got to be honest, because I'll have some honest things uh, about what didn't work uh, at times. But that never was a problem for me. It the, the changes and some there are some changes. I really loved the path they took me on. And that's just kind of where I landed
2: yeah, well that, that makes a ton of sense. And, and I love you using the term uh, uh, emotional canon, uh, because I think that is where, where the films really connect with me of, you know, I'm thinking about, well, where, where did we leave off with Ray? What was she feeling and wanting? What was true of that for every character? Uh, what does uh, Palpatine uh, coming back mean for the characters? And, you know, I think entering it from that emotional standpoint uh, really brings you into the story. away Mm -hmm. from the interviews and and for me that's where it all really really works where well is all of the emotional connections which we're we're going to talk about um yeah the the palpatine coming back the announcement i was thrilled um talked to a lot of people at celebration right away after the announcement where people were like i'm kind of okay with him coming back but you know i'm not sure about how they're going to do it and i would give people these like theories about like, well, maybe it's going to be a Sith haunting and he'll be trapped in an object. And the first yep. act of the film will be, you know, uh, Ray and Kylo competing to, to get this. Cause it's a power source. So like, you know, maybe it'll be something like that. You know, think about it that way. The Sith haunting's a fun idea. And, uh and then, so I had a little bit of that, like, oh maybe that'll be it. And then the, the dead speak and Palpatine's back and we're off to the races. So even as I sat down, I was like, mm. Hey, those like, expectations you have, throw them uh, out into the aisle of the seat. Yeah. <laughs> the aisle of the theater. And I had to do that too and really engage with what was there. And it worked for me because of the emotional uh, canon, the the emotional connections. Um, I think the other big thing for me in how The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker connect is I think a lot about uh, the tonal differences. That mm-hmm. I do think there are tonal differences and that might right. be why some people just prefer uh, the storytelling style of one film over the other um and i honestly it, it, it's fascinating to me that that it can be um such a heated thing because i i feel the tonal shift is similar to empire strikes back in return of the jedi to me of The story continues, the, the characters left off at a certain place, they, they've had some amount of growth in between the films, and they're still heading in the same directions, uh, wrestling with the same ideas. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a tone difference. I, I think, in particular, The Last Jedi is, it's just like Empire, it's the middle chapter. It is a little bit more pensive. Um, it is storytelling in which characters are put into a kind of a, a tense crucible situations so that their internal emotions can be literally expressed and wrestled with. It is a little bit more of a, uh, how do we make the internal external movie? Um, and the adventure serial element of star Wars, that ingredient I think is dialed down a little bit in the last Jedi. And that's not like mm-hmm. uh, the last Jedi made a mistake. It's just, you're making star Wars and it has all these ingredients and, and when you change up the ingredients uh you're still cooking the same dish but it tastes different <laughs> you know uh, if you use different uh different sp- uh, if you use a drop of this spice in last jedi and then a pound of that spice in the rise of skywalker it's going to taste yeah. different and i think that's what happens is the rise of skywalker is much like return of the jedi it is a little bit more direct the characters still have conflicts there's still moments of a uh, raw emotion and moments of actual uh, of just absolute depth but in general it is more direct it is more bombastic it is racing to the big climax the big finish line and it is just much more of an adventure serial uh mm-hmm. in terms of its pacing and its mm-hmm. structure so i think that that's why mm-hmm. for me like i really go back to the emotional connections because yeah there there are tonal differences um but that's that's just the way the story is told, and I'm, I'm interested in the story itself.
3: Yeah, and, and now really, really trying to just discuss these points and what's there in the film, and, and I, I'm going to try not to be worried about what anyone else thinks uh, out there right now. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm like, oh, God, you know, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Uh, I think there are uh, tonal differences, 100% total differences. And, and at times, I don't, you know, it always works for me, but it, it, here's the big confession if you're ranking films and that thing that we kind of uh, sometimes have to do, or you feel you need to do even on, by yourself in a room alone, what are my favorite star Wars films in order? Uh, it's kind of a fruitless, uh, uh, pursuit. I always say empire last Jedi. And then the, the list goes on. That still holds true for me. I'm going to say, say right now, I much rather enjoy watching rise of Skywalker. Uh, I actually enjoyed of the three sequel, uh, saga films, seven, eight, and I enjoyed the most right now. Uh, it's the one I put on. It's the one I have in the background. It's the one I sit down to get moved by. It's the one I cry to. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's I always say it's like, it's like going to church for me. Does not knock, that does not knock last Jedi down the, the any ranking, but the, but that speaks to the tonal shift. Empire is also up there. It's my number one. It's not the star Wars film. I put on all the time. Return of the Jedi is probably more <laughs> that in that era. Uh, and, and, I think we've made some of these, uh, especially me, made clumsy uh, uh, comparisons to like rock music or music in, in general and an album. And you need that tonal shift. So I, I recognize that it's there and it's sometimes seems jarring to me. Like, I mean, other than just a different cinematographer shot it and different you know, director was at the helm. That's going to happen. But you need for an album to work. The art of listening to an album is, is long dead in the music business because of digital music. And I don't have a problem with that, but it's a different conversation. You need the slow, meandering, uh, introspective ballad that questions everything you know about yourself. And then at the end of the album, you get the pick me up rock song that takes you to the big end. You need yep. it. And that one moves you just as much as the the, 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 the slow ballad in the, in the beginning. But it is, it's part of the experience. So I acknowledge there's a tonal shift. It is kind of different. Seven and nine look more connected, feel more connected just because of who was behind the lens. Uh, but it is there. Can't deny it. Um, but I, I celebrate that difference, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, no. And I think your your album analogy is really, really great. Um, and it, I think even the prequel trilogy, I don't think there is much a, of a tonal shift because it's the, the same director and the entire same crew. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But even that in service of telling the story Uh, Rise of Skywalker or Rise of Skywalker, excuse me, Revenge of the Sith puts its foot on the gas, right? (laughs) Like we've had time to study and develop and like, but Rise of Skywalker is like, we don't have any room for C-3PO wackiness. We don't even have room for all the battles. We just got to, we got to get through all of these huge uh, climactic, titanic, uh, you know, duels of the fates. We got to get through them all. Let's go. So even in that one is the third sort of, the third chapter is louder, bigger, uh, more bombastic
3: yeah yeah revenge indeed yeah and 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 yeah there there's and there's a you know from from episode one to episode two there's there's obviously a big jump in time and therefore a little bit of a tonal shift and just how the movie looks because the way they shot it the way george was like hey all the screens now blue green put them all up (laughs) like uh we get it yeah yeah i know it feels insane but yeah yeah so anyways i don't know my whole overall point other than man i'll put on rise of skywalker and next thing you know it's two hours because i was like i'll watch a scene over lunch and my whole day is watching that film
2: yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's a, a good thing to think about. Of uh, I like to watch movies in different ways, you know, if I want a rousing adventure with some moments of absolute depth, then I'm probably going to throw on return of the Jedi or rise of the Skywalker. But if I want to really slow down and ruminate and get deep into my feelings about the mythology of star Wars and the emotions, like I'm going to slow down with empire strikes back or last Jedi. And I think that's fine. And to me, that's why I'm not big on ranking them because it's like, I'm never going to rank uh, what's better uh, pizza or pie. I eat them at different times for different reasons. (laughs) <laughs>
3: such a good example and solo's a, a a chocolate bar that I'll grab every day I
2: can yeah exactly I will eat that solo chocolate bar um all right We could Mm -hmm. make metaphors about music and food forever, and we probably will. But for now, let's move on with our conversation about uh, the friction and the harmony between Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, We're going to talk in the second half of the podcast about those real moments of of harmony, how everything connects. But first, I want to wrestle with some of the most uh, common uh, concerns about friction, about how they don't match up and see how we feel about them. Um, You feel ready for that, Ken? Are you ready for friction? (laughs)
3: I, I, You know, I don't know if I ever am, but yes.
2: <laughs> I didn't plan on asking you that or saying it that way, but sometimes things happen. Anyway, uh, we're going to start with this. Uh, one of the uh, common uh, moments of uh, discussion of, of uh, potential not connecting as much is this uh, romance between Finn and Rose is uh, set up in The Last Jedi up to a point, And then the romance uh, doesn't seem to be there in The Rise of Skywalker. Does that bother you? What are your thoughts on the Finn and Rose uh, dynamic? It's the most jarring of the things that don't connect. And
3: I wasn't bothered by it initially because we had, you know, you and I had read the Rebecca Roanhorse uh, uh, book, Resistance Reborn, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of dealt with in there. And I remember, I think even off air, you and I were like, Well, that's interesting.
2: Well, yeah, because it was just sort of, it was, I think it's a quick passage of like, yeah, no, we talked about it and (laughs) nah.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, you can make all your, you know, your jokes about speed to speed too.
3: Ah, relationships begun of uh, passion. Yeah. So it is, it is jarring. In the end, it's, it's okay. Now we, we, we both are in agreement uh, a little more, uh, a lot more, uh, honestly, Rose, Tico would have worked for us is something that we probably would have wanted. I personally not speaking for Joseph do this now goes to a behind the scenes conversation. I understand some of it. If we wanted her around Leia and it didn't work and this and that. I still think you have enough time to make something else work. Uh, I'm supportive of uh, Keller Marie Tran and, and more Rose Tico in star Wars, but uh, I was okay with her not being out on the main mission. I, I didn't necessarily feel that would have worked for me. Um, but it was it was great, and it and here's the thing. When I say I didn't notice it the first couple of times, it was the third viewing. This is all within one week. Right, <laughs> uh, our first viewing, second viewing, third viewing. You and I and uh, our friend Van William and others attended uh, a screening of this, and then there was a little after party. Um, and someone mentioned it at the uh, at the after party, a, fr- a friend of ours, uh, Jeff May. Uh, but uh, the Rose thing was kind of weird. Her not being with fan and that was the first time I was like, oh yeah, like. <laughs> I guess, yeah, and no one else would have read that book. <laughs> okay, that doesn't necessarily work, so I don't know how to fix that. I, I, I in end result, I'm okay with them not being together or them not being explored, but that you, I can't help but think that's jarring.
2: Yeah, no, I think uh, for me, uh, the Rose's role in The Rise of Skywalker is definitely like my biggest criticism of Rise of Skywalker. And it always is much uh, a praise and love uh, as that I have for that film. I always want to acknowledge that. I really feel like Rose should have uh, featured more in The Rise of Skywalker and or had a big uh, hero moment. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's very, very kind of there in that she is the one who figures out that the weakness of the, Ah, uh, Sith Star Destroyers is the the big uh, Death Star mm-hmm. tech gun, but I feel like that there's a, there were a lot of ways that it, that could have been really a triumphant hero uh, moment, yeah. um, and I think either of those things, either or both, more screen time and or more significant screen time uh, that followed up on this idea of who she is in the Last Jedi as uh, somebody who is just a an average citizen whose world was uh, ravaged by the First Order mm-hmm. and realized that they needed to be stopped and is committed to it. And finishing that journey a little bit more would have been absolutely great. Yeah. Um, the romance, uh, it, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is uh, a, a point of friction that it isn't acknowledged in in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a part of me that if, if I'm just watching the stories, and not any of the behind the scenes I'm just watching the stories like they were discovered in an archaeological dig right Uh, there's the part of me that can criticize it from the perspective of well they should have followed up on that romance there's there's other part of me that can criticize it from the perspective of that wasn't a very big romance in the first one Yes. (laughs) so I think my romance critique is I wish that you know either the kiss hadn't been there and instead it was just a a cheek touch and the Mm. love that Rose is talking about is clearly more, much more platonic or sibling, or maybe romantic, mm-hmm. but not as explicit as that little kiss. Mm-hmm. Or follow it up, one
3: or the other. This is one of those moments where I will look back at Last Jedi, and I think I agree with you, even just in the course of this conversation. It's not a, a giant critique of the moment. I think it's a great moment in term in terms of It's a uh, beautiful wonderful. shot, right? Yeah, beautiful shot. What Rose says. Is a pretty powerful statement that gets used a lot and you and I feel connects to a lot of other Star Wars stories. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Including Rise of Skywalker. Again, the emotional canon. That's why we have that term. Don't less about the plot and more about the themes that go straight to George's heart. Uh, Well, maybe he is too. He's a time lord. Yes. Yeah. I've I've loved him to live for 200 years. Um, But I, I, that, that mm, romance did, not it fell flat for me in last Jedi. So, You know, that there there again too might have been why I had less, uh, it was less jarring. It was jarring in terms of story, but like, cool. Yeah,
2: that's great. I'm good with that. They go here. She goes here. I wish her here was bigger. Yeah. And there's a part of me sometimes like, ooh, well, uh, I might have been, uh, great with a, uh, more of a sweeping romance in last Jedi of, a you yeah. know, making yeah. it such a romance of, of, yeah, this is, these are these two people who have this, uh, you know, interesting relationship or Rose thinks he's a hero. Then he kind of fails her, but then he sees uh, the world through her eyes and understands and wants to be a part of things and wants to fight for, uh, the resistance and, then and through that, they are also falling in love. That would have been fun. That would have been great. Um, yeah. uh, and I would have been fine with that. And then I think it really would have had to uh, continue in the Rise of Skywalker. I think the, the biggest thing for me is, since the kiss was small and mm-hmm. ambiguous uh, as to how, you know, uh, big strings romance it was, mm-hmm. uh, that the fact that the romance itself isn't followed up on isn't huge for me with Rise of Skywalker. I think what Rose says in that moment, like you were just saying, that's how we're going to win, not by fighting what we hate, but by saving what we love is so important uh, that I think it would have been great to have a more direct follow-up on that in The Rise of Skywalker. I think it is followed up on in action, so that mm-hmm. character's takes, a- and in themes. Uh, but this is one of those moments where I was like, well, it might have been great if, if you know, when, when, Rose is, uh, when Finn is refusing to turn around and, and wants to take down the Star Destroyer, Mm -hmm. in rise of skywalker and telling telling rose it's okay uh, when she is worried about him not making it back to the transport uh what would have he what would have been like if finn had been like it's okay rose i i'm I'm doing what you taught me you know i'm I'm saying and i thought about that and then uh that's in the novelization of rise of skywalker (laughs) (laughs) exactly there in that (laughs) moment and there's a part of me like that is what would have really made the rose finn relationship utterly sing and be emotional canon and have harmony Mm -hmm. of a a reflection from Finn of like, Rose, a part of who I am now is because of you. Yeah. And it's about their emotional connection.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. The fact that it's in the novelization uh, other than Ray Carson being very intuitive as, as a storyteller herself and picking up on that moment, it just there there's notes maybe to me being played there that we just don't hear and that does not that you know now now just review in a movie like it, things need to be in the movie. I get it. but yeah, it, it shows to me that that's part it's 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 there. it's just it, it being more explicit would have served that better.
2: Yeah, and that's always the question as a, as a writer of is this idea clear through the actions? Right. Then that's much better than saying it. But then sometimes every once in a while you find a moment where, no, nope, it needs more. And I think maybe that was a moment that ultimately did need more for me, in my subjective opinion. Uh, any other thoughts on this one before we move on?
3: No, I just think the camera should have whipped over and Beaumont and Ken would have been like, uh, the, oh, they have a appreciation for each other. <laughs> And uh, their lives are forever connected.
2: Yes, I think uh, I think uh, Beaumont Ken not as great with exposition as I think uh, Larma is. So I think uh, <laughs> there should have been a report from Larma on how romantic relationships are going within the resistance itself. Yes, <laughs> solid stuff. All right, one of the next moments of potential friction uh, that that uh, fans discuss is Ray's past. Right, this is one of the big ones uh, that people do. Uh, I think have really strong emotional connections to Ray and her story. So I always want to give the utmost respect to, I know Ray's story is really important to people and, and they connect it to their own lives. So it, we aren't sometimes just talking about Ray; we're talking about real people's real feelings about their real lives, and I have the utmost respect for that. Right. Um, but in The Last Jedi, uh, Kylo looks into Ray's mind and finds what he believes to be true, uh, or rather what, what she believes uh, to be true, uh, that her parents uh, sold her off, uh, so she's no one. And in The Rise of Skywalker, Kylo reveals he only saw the part of the story that Rey knew. And he now knows the full truth. Uh, she's related to Palpatine. So does this work for you? And uh, if not, uh, or does this bother you, rather? And if if it doesn't bother you, do you understand why it bothers some people? A
3: 100 100- percent understand why it bothers other people on a lot of levels just from the uh eh, she's a Palpatine uh, eh, well that wasn't really we didn't feel that was there before or the the, the personal journey stuff when someone connects to a fan a, a fan or a viewer listener whatever connects to a character or storyline and it's become so personal uh, and 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 then something happens to that character that might knock that fan off their uh off their game a little bit in the sense of just like well now I you know I was drawing inspiration from that story I needed the story to go that way uh, whatever it is I, I I always want to express that I, I respect that I sometimes get a little grumpy with it when it's used again as a critique for a film or a TV show when especially when I think I like when a character goes to something or makes a choice there's more lessons for someone else then so I think you're cutting off inspiration for other people too yes. Um, and I, 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 as fans, we all should look beyond ourselves. And and so that's where I'll, I'll say that. But yeah, uh, I know some people, I friends of mine, who are like, I needed this out of the race storyline and I didn't get it and upset at that. Oh, wh- there's no part of me, no f- 1% fiber of my being that's going to take that away from them. Uh, that's not the spirit of Star Wars, number one. Um, or, and I, I think we can all be better fans. But yeah, uh, it's there. But So I respect that. But I got to tell you, Love this. I love this even more. I love this. Each time I watch Rise of Skywalker, it works for me on a, on a pretty inspirational level. Uh, I'm I, I, anyone who's maybe relatively new or has not listened to, you know, your uh, Star Wars counseling, Joseph on Ray's Journey. Uh, still one of our more uh, popular downloaded episodes for good reason. Uh, I, I can't. Keep up with your words there, but for me, the gen- <laughs> the general thing on um, is like, yeah, I, I think Ray was from wanted to you know discovers she's from nowhere in a way, then discovers a little bit more, and then kind of chooses to go back to nowhere. <laughs> uh, and that's a that's a TV guide summary of, <laughs> of what's going on. But I draw inspiration from uh, the things that are presented because it's the next part of the story. I just love hearing the three parts of the song of Ray and her journey and who she is the wanting to, to be connected, but too afraid to step into the larger story. Just unlike Luke always dreaming, like I got to get out of this place, Ray going, I want out, but I can't leave. And there's reason I did. And I'm stuck here and I don't want to move forward. And I don't feel I belong. And then you climb the steps and you are part of the story. You, you are not just in it. You are. And, And then, and then wanting that connection and having that connection batted away because nah, you're, you have no connection. You don't belong here. You're nobody. There was no part of me that felt that that was the end of the journey. And to discover that, you know, you're not just – your great fear of being nobody, uh, you know, is is worse than you can imagine. You are you are connected to a great evil and the power that you have that you don't know, that you haven't known what to do with since you got it, like, on a bigger level. Yeah. Can be used uh, – can, can destroy people, can hurt people. BB-8 getting squished in the beginning of the film sets this tone, right, so simply – I, I just, it's a three part song that I just, I just love her. There again comes the music stuff where I love where it ends up. And, and I'm moved by her choices by standing up to Palpatine at the end. You want me to hate, but I, I, I'm i not going to hate.
2: Not even you. Yeah. A, a true Jedi moment. Um, Yeah. I think for me, the um I, I do understand why this one can be very emotional for people, because if you live for two years with this idea that Ray is a, is, no one she's not connected to any other family she's entirely defined by herself and her own journey you know um i I think star wars has this very important balance of saying the individual is important you need to choose who you need to be and you need to find your own inner strength but also uh we are all connected and community and connection matters and Mm. that that no one challenge is really about um the, the individual side of it, of, of who are you going to decide to be? Um, and I understand why people would gather strength from the perspective of you're not defined by a name that came before you or a bloodline came before you. You are defined by you. There's strength yeah. in that. And I think we all need to find uh, strength when we're trying to define ourselves as, as individuals and believe that we can find mm-hmm. that strength uh, uh, to stand on our own, particularly when maybe other people are being negative towards us of like, where are your bona fides to show that you matter? And yeah, yeah. being able to say my bona fides are that I exist and I am me and that's all I need to be. I really get that. And I really understand that, uh, that why that perspective then can make people bump on the whole Palpatine thing. Right. But what really works for me, if you strip away any of the behind the scenes and who planned what, when and who should have what, when and just watch the story, the emotional journey of Kylo and Ray on this point just sings for me, right? Because Mm -hmm. Kylo is this tragic character who is mired in darkness, uh, but is being pulled to the light. And he deeply doesn't want to be alone. He wants to be seen by Ray. He wants to be understood by Ray. He wants to be joined by Ray, but still being enraptured with the dark side. uh, Mm -hmm. He manipulates her horribly. Right. And uh, even if he believes that her parent, that he saw the truth and that her parents died, Uh, just sold her off uh, for drinking money and died. He says it in the most hurtful, manipulative way possible. He's not trying to build her up. He's not trying to say, you don't need any name to define you. You just be you. And that's great. He's not giving her a thumbs up. He's saying, what you've always wanted is longing and connection. And guess what? You don't have it. You're nothing. You're no one. But I'll give it to you. Right. It's a hurtful manipulation of the truth and then when he finds out this other level of truth that she is uh, related to Palpatine, he does the same thing still mired in his darkness wanting to connect with her he is manipulative again and saying you're destined to fall to darkness just like i am this is less about you ray more about me kylo i want to believe that i couldn't have made the choice of anything else i was just destined it's in my blood it was gonna happen we're destined to darkness both of us so again he is telling her her truth in a way that is manipulating her um yeah so it all really works from the, the kylo perspective and then uh, uh from the ray perspective i just so enjoy it uh enjoys a weird word i think it works in as meaningful as an escalation of fears for ray uh, so well established in The Force Awakens that what she wants is belonging. She she doesn't want to leave Jakku because her family is going to come back. Maz gives her the wonderful advice of the belonging you seek is is not behind you. It's it's ahead of you. Uh, so in Last Jedi, when she's still wrestling with those things of are you ever going to belong anywhere? It's the worst thing that she could hear from Kylo. Of, no, you're not connected to anyone. You don't belong anywhere except for maybe with me. And she resists that. She she resists that. And then in this window in between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, she does find belonging and connection. She already has some with Luke and some with Finn. But now she really has it with the whole Resistance family, with Leia being her actual master. Uh, and then, yeah, everything that she's going through with her powers, which we'll talk about more, is worrying that she can't entirely control them and master them and that she will hurt people around her and that she will lose a little bit of this belonging that she's finally found. And that's the perfect escalation then from Last Jedi where Kylo plays on these fears of, well, now that you have belonging, you're going to lose it because you don't get to choose who you are. You are destined to be not just no one. You are destined to be the worst thing in the galaxy. And it's just such a great escalation of Ray's fear of, I fear I don't belong. Oh, now I do belong. Now I fear I'm going to be the worst thing ever, which is someone who is destined to hurt the people I love and I don't get a choice in it.
3: Yeah, Pal- Pal- Palpatine. You know, Vader had. You know, Luke had his family around him. You ain't got nothing. I'm your only family. The found family, the power of the found family that that Ray gets after that. And going to the in, in in the in the Kylo moment of of the. Uh, you know, you don't have uh, your. You know, you you don't have your power. You have you have his power. Is this damning insult? It's such a dark line, and 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 with great purpose to me. And it's a line that I know a lot, some people don't love. And and I get it, and I get why, in a real world sense, that maybe they took it in in, in some ways. But for the story, for what Kylo con- consistently does with her, yeah, you got this. But it, it's not even you can't even control it because it ain't even your power. You're not getting rid of that. It's 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 in you. It's in your blood. It's in my blood. And like I said, let's destroy the past because I don't want to. F- I don't want to face it.
2: Yeah, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, and I, you have his power. I understand why people are viscerally upset by that line, but my interpretation. Is that you are supposed to be? Because it's an awful thing Kylo is saying while he is still caught up in the darkness to hurt Ray and and to yeah. f- to take away her agency. And I think what ultimately works really well for me and makes me feel like Ray's journey is really complete complete and doesn't change based on you know what's the back on the back of her uh, trading card is she a no one or is she a Palpatine? Regardless of her being a no one or a or a Palpatine, yeah she still has to decide who she wants to be. She still needs to say no to that awful thing that Kylo says to her, the two awful things, that she's no one and that uh, she is defined by Palpatine. And she has to say no to both of those things and say, I will choose who I want to be. I will choose who how I want to use my power. I will look back on my own life, my own experiences, and allow those to define me. And I feel like, if she's a no one or a Palpatine, the emotional conclusion of Ray's journey is both finding that connection she seeks and fully forming herself as an individual in saying, "I'm here, I matter. Here's my cho- choice. Here's who I am."
3: And 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 this—if if I go back to what I was kind of saying up top—is why why I often say she kind of chooses to be from nowhere. What what I mean is you've just explained my own point better of <laughs> of. Kylo's saying you're no one. Uh, uh, the idea, though, is you're Ray from nowhere, meaning you're your own and you're your own hero in the story. Right. And, and that's where a lot of people gets, took inspiration for it. I I think particularly at the end uh, with the Battle of Palpatine, that's what she and, and for me spiritually goes back to. Uh, I'm rejecting your family name, rejecting my family name, rejecting the the, the idea that these dark powers and the hate will dominate me. I'm going to stand up against that. I'm going to choose to be my own individual in this moment and connect with those around me. And then later on comes the, I'll take the Skywalker name and all that kind of stuff. To me, it's the end of the film. But to me, the end of that, 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 uh, that, direct a to b journey is is her standing up to palpatine in that moment and, and the not hate moment and i think a lot of that goes back to even what, what kylo's saying in that moment their scenes are just the best together i love them mm-hmm. uh, so moving and, and just that the 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 anger and, and again i i just i think sometimes that moment of, of you don't have you know your own power you have his power i don't mess up the quote because i always do um that, that, to me that wasn't it that wasn't a shot across about last jedi no, it was such a powerful moment for Kylo, at a-hole. He's an a-hole at that moment, doing bad things. His own redemption, is his own thing, and and part of it all the way. By the way, this also ties to Kylo and just the actual taking in of the film, which might have been even the original question you're asking me, Joe. <laughs> is um that opening scene? Why I love that opening scene. I love it for a lot of reasons, including it's 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 Star Wars Gothic horror and all these kind of things. But I love I I was a big fan of Kylo killing Snoke and be uh, killing anyone who told him to take that mask off. But in deciding, screw it, I am, I am the superior leader. I, I'm, I'm taking, I am the evil I want to be. I, I'm, I'm making my dreams come true. And then he spends a year in, in power. And then all of a sudden, everything he thought he, he knows he's not in control. The power that he got, thought he got, it never ends. That thirst for it never ends. The fear that you're going to lose, it never ends. Palpatine shows up. Now he's got it. He's going to reform his mask. He thought he knew there were a whole bit of a story. Palpatine's like, I got information you didn't even think you knew, and I love that for Kylo that he's on. Uh, he's been punched in the gut too. Like he he cannot get to the top spot. Uh, he wants to. He thought he got there in Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. We know nothing will 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 heal his soul. Nothing that he's trying to jam in it will work.
2: Right. Yeah. No. I think that's a great point. Is that that Palpatine's uh, return. In the Rise of Skywalker, uh, obviously has a ton of effects on Kylo, but it, it really does serve to say, yeah, you know, it's kind of like there's always going to be a bigger fish, there's always going to be a more evil fish, <laughs> there's always going to be another specter for the past. It is, it's really, it, it really, uh, escalates Kylo's fears as well. Yeah, is raised. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think last thing for me about the the raised journey and in, in that connection of uh, people, you know, very pointedly. Kylo and Palpatine, men trying to tell Rey what her power and what her identity is, mm-hmm. is that ultimately in, in Rise of Skywalker, she really does uh, demonstrate that it's it's her power, and she does choose how to use it. She chooses to use it for the light. She chooses to use it to save people and to oppose the darkness. So that's the one for me, which just it really works in actions of like I'm not defined by. Uh, my, my blood, I'm not defined by what mm-hmm. other people uh, tell me I am, uh, unless it's advice I want from friends and I decide to take it on board. Great. Yeah. But she decides who she is and how to use her power that is hers, uh, by her actions. You you had said to come out of Rise Skywalker of just like like hold on here Palpatine
3: isn't saying sit on the throne and I'll sit next to you like a Grima worm worm wh- whispering wh- whispering in your ears, he he wants to possess her he wants to take her she does, will not exist after this in in a in a sense and and that's a this giant uh, evil presence this power this giant if you will even in this masculine energy wants to t- take all that from her she stands up against that I uh, I think that was there in the story too
2: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So we're going to talk more about the arcs of, uh, of Ray and Kylo. We got so excited. We, we went in deep on that one. Uh, I, I want to talk, three. <laughs> I wanna talk uh, more about uh, another uh, major moment of potential friction. We touched on it a little bit uh, already. But in The Last Jedi, of course, Snoke is killed and Kylo rises to becomes supreme leader of the First order, potentially leaving him to be the big villain of the next film. Uh, but then, of course, we learned that Snoke was uh, Palpatine's puppet, and vile old Sheev is the ultimate villain. You were just spe- speaking to this really eloquently of, of what that means for Kylo. Uh, is this moment, then, uh, at all, is there any friction here for you? This change between, ooh, maybe Kylo's gonna be the big villain, nope, Palpatine's back. Is there any friction there for you, or does it just all work from the emotional canon?
3: There was friction going in uh, based on just the idea of, uh, you know, once we knew Palatine was back in any way and, you know, you, the Sith haunting stuff you talked about up top. And there was a lot of that. I, I think I've said a few times that back in the day, I was like, I hope he doesn't just pop out and go, hi, I'm back. I'm a clone. Like, <laughs> and, and, and then essentially, and I, I, I would argue he's not a clone in the typical star Wars sense. His essence, his spirit has been transferred into something else, but that that's the details for Beaumont can to work out later. Uh, I, Love, like a lot of folks, love that Snoke is chopped into and is dead in Last Jedi. A lot of the reasons just said about what it meant for Kylo. In a weird way, it was an inspirational moment for Kylo. I'm gonna I'm gonna be who I wanna be. Uh I was worried, though, going into the film, like, all right, but then what was bad? Because I wanted the answers. Where was Ray Sloan? What happened in here? Give me, give me the Wikipedia entry on the first order. <laughs> I want to know. And I guess what? I still want to know. Still want to know what happened to Ray Sloan. I'm going to bang that drum to the end of time until till I get it in the story. Um, but Palpatine coming back made sense for episodes one through nine. It's not a giant leap for me to make to say seven and eight that uh, he was – in some way shape or form behind some of it even if it wasn't on a logistical every minute of the day type of thing it just was this thing that was there the the operation cinder stuff and 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 everything going on with gallius rex it was presented in the aftermath and i know not everyone read those books going in the films (laughs) spiritually connected to me palpatine does not want to lose his power palpatine uh, lost and he lost big and he can't accept it he can't peacefully move on that's not what sith do that's the big question that it served and so for him to come in and just to be like yeah you thought you thought you won you didn't you thought you were worshiping that burnt mask uh, of this fallen sith lord and and you don't even know that he he turned good in the end or whatever we we think kylo or ben knows uh, about that story you know, yet to really be nailed down. It, Palpatine just shows, finally shows back up. I'm playing the long game. I am the Phantom Menace, always there in the shadows. It spiritually connects to me. I always say it's the it's 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 how you execute the idea. And that opening scene just batted me across the face, like boom! It's all out the window because Palpatine's back. Kylo's scared. Uh, Ray is something else, and and it, it and it never was a point of friction from that point on. But going in, it was.
2: Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean about the point of friction. You know, we discussed that. Um, we've discussed before the somehow Palpatine returned and should should the uh, the actual return of Palpatine have been uh, explained more in the film because that's a thing that people bump on and sometimes I feel like, well, if, if that had been made a little bit more uh, clear in the narrative of the film, then that would just not be a distraction for people and that would be swell so we could get to all this great stuff that you and I are talking about. But mm-hmm. uh, setting that aside, I mean, yeah, I think uh, Palpatine, you can follow his his journey, and it it makes sense. Uh, this this uh, master Sith planner who is never going to uh, uh, let go. Uh, he is f- fulfilling his own words from Revenge of the Sith: "Of all who gain power, are afraid to lose it." He's clinging to power. He's clinging to life in this rotting body hanging from a claw. You know, mm-hmm. plotting in the shadows because that's all he can do right now, and and or just get a, a young, force strong body yeah <laughs> to ride around so it all makes sense from Palpatine it's it's enjoyable from the whole arc of Palpatine's story it's enjoyable for me that he is the big bad of these nine films of the Skywalker saga but it, we already talked a little bit about how he kind of serves Ray's story by taking her fear of her power and could it be used to hurt people and making it really concrete uh mm-hmm. so he's a way to really actualize uh, and make no. concrete Ray's fear but he does the exact same thing for Kylo, right? Because yeah. exactly what you're saying, Kylo's uh, main issue throughout these films is that he wants to escape the past. He feels like he couldn't live up to his famous, uh, all his famous parental uh, figures. Uh, he, he was afraid that uh, that they didn't want him. He, he was convinced that they they feared him, that they'd all turn on him. That's why he's telling Ray in Last Jedi all about what he thinks went down at uh at the temple because he wants ray to understand why he wants to kill the past why he just wants to go all all uh, parental figures need Mm -hmm. to be gone (laughs) needs to be just me uh and he he goes through attempting to to kill them all right um and and he thinks he has for a little while for the most part he's not engaging with his mom and everyone else is gone and then palpatine's like uh nope you can't kill the past you can't Mm -hmm. escape its shadows you have to face and and deal with them and he's just this other ultimate parental figure and he pushes on this great button that's very clearly established in the force awakens when ray sees in kylo's mind and and says i see that you're afraid that you'll never be as powerful as darth vader and here you got palpatine popping up going become what your grandfather couldn't he that is palpatine putting his his broken gross finger right on kylo's weakness right hundred percent
3: I you know be hey be what he couldn't be but I know you know you can't do it either like I yeah I love it I love it and 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 and, and it's all of it's a good turn uh, it's a I, I was all on board let me start <laughs> let me start over I was all let me go back to Snoke and his gold robe I want to know more did he have more apprentices he said he did and what's going on and if if it had just you could have told a version of the story that's seven eight nine you go confront Snoke and win the day right that could have been there absolutely mm-hmm. could have been there we've seen it before we've seen it in every other story the fact that 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 that, that big uh, the big uh, slice of dice in the middle of the Last Jedi or towards the end of the Last Jedi it just changed the game and then this that became much more interesting to me and, and 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 connecting and I know we're gonna talk about connections later but connecting to the overall theme of the sequel trilogy one one close to your heart Joseph it was just like this is the shadow of what came before and you must always be fighting these evils
2: so to have that that evil be the evil eh,
3: just work just work for me
2: yeah absolutely absolutely and and i believe that you absolutely could have uh, told a story where where uh kylo is is the big bad one of the things that i think really works about palpatine coming back is um if if you didn't have another villain you you potentially have kylo as the big bad throughout which means you might be dealing with his turn uh, mm-hmm. back to Ben uh, in the third act. And, and one of the things that I really appreciate about the structure of Rise of Skywalker is because Palpatine is the big bad, there's all this lovely room for Kylo's turn back to Ben at the end of the second act. Mm-hmm. And Ben does wonderful, amazing things in the third act, but the third act is about Ray. In mm-hmm. it, it's, it's structurally puts the focus on Ray. And I'm not saying that you couldn't write a movie where Kylo is the big bad and he couldn't mm-hmm. turn in the third act and it could still be about both Kylo and Ray. All I'm saying is that I appreciate that Rise of Skywalker was structured to put emphasis on Ray. She is the main character. And yeah. I personally appreciate that. I know other people might not, but I really enjoy that there is an unambiguous focus. Yeah, a clear one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Any other moments of potential friction that you want to discuss before we take a break and get into harmony?
3: (laughs) Oh, I love to to, to get into harmony. Uh, Just one. I don't don't know. I'm sure you've got a couple, maybe, but uh, I just one that comes up comes seems seems to come up a lot, and I understand it, and I want to acknowledge that I understand understand it, and I want to acknowledge that maybe I wish there was uh, something in it in, in Rise of Skywalker that maybe took away. This problem for folks even though it's less of a problem For me I call this one the broom Boy theories Luke and his Inspiration for the galaxy And hmm. what that meant and how There was a lot of folks like oh You know no one yelled for Luke At the end of Rise, of, Rise of Skywalker Uh that's just one example That I had given to me um and I still to this day, I understand it because that's what part of the piece of purpose of Luke's death and his death would go on to inspire the galaxy. I am there for that. I still think that's the case. I I, I, I push against the idea that Tamiri Blagg uh, alone, because he's in the final shot, was meant to be anything more. I, I have f- folks still going, hey, where was where was Broom Boy in the movie? <laughs> you like you th- wait, like you thought Broom Boy Tamiri Blagg was going to be in the movie or anyone in that final sequence was going to be in episode nine fighting right now with a laser sword. No, that's Ryan Johnson. That's Ryan Johnson shooting the, shooting himself on film going. This was me as a kid being inspired by the story. I just told you being inspired by the legend, Luke Skywalker. It was a different ending, but it also served to be in the story. And I think it's there. It's just logically the way they took it from me. It's my interpretation. Luke does inspire The, the, the message travels. Uh, the galaxy gets the, gets the word, but, it doesn't mean everyone was ready to rise up. It doesn't mean they knew how to rise up. And and you need Poe, you need Lando, you need others to, to, to lead them. That's what Poe says. And so the, it's a point of friction that I completely understand. I wouldn't have minded a beat <laughs> Beaumont, Ken, our punching bag of jokes today. <laughs> be like, well, Luke inspired a lot of people. Maybe we can connect to that message. Like, I get it. But it is the emotional connection, the emotional canon. That's why I want to print it on a T-shirt. That is what is present for me. So therefore it's a point of fr- friction for others. And I understand it, but I just don't think it exists for me.
2: Yeah. Way. I think for me, that is definitely one of like my, uh, my uh, preferences. I-, I love that idea in that moment so much of, of Luke allowing himself to be seen as mm-hmm. a legend. It is such a, um, it is such a validation uh, of the Jedi, which, you know, it's a- a- an EU novel that I-, I wish I could read the validation of the Jedi. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but to me it is uh, about inspiring the next generation, right? Uh, mm. I've been taken to saying lately uh, uh, to express why I love The Last Jedi is it challenges and subverts lots of things we love about Star Wars in order to validate them in that third act. And Tamiri Blag being this little kid, uh, you know, Oniho Zaya being the great storyteller and all three of them, I mean, yeah. Saar, I believe, is the girl. Um mm-hmm. All playing Star Wars action figures and holding up the broom and dreaming of going out there and and being a hero and and helping other people and and standing up to darkness. And that's just a beautiful moment all by itself. And, you know, if the story is just, yeah, that that rang out and, and younger generations coming up really know that story. That's great. That's beautiful all by itself. There's also a part of me that would have happily taken a way to mention it, it or reference it, you know,
4: mm-hmm.
2: maybe even in the conversation between Poe and Zoria would have happily taken a. Yeah, I, I heard that this Jedi showed up and and Poe like, could be like, yeah, no, he, he did. It is amazing. But 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 he's gone now and no one else showed up. Like even something like that, you know, Sure. Yeah. who knows, yeah. who knows, yeah. uh, maybe maybe it wouldn't have uh, maybe that wouldn't sing. I don't know. But it's definitely a point of like, yeah, no, I, let, let, let's get some shout outs to <laughs> to that yeah. moment. Uh, yeah. understandable um only thing for me is it comes up sometimes of people not liking uh hucks being the spy uh for the first order mm-hmm. and not thinking that that tracks uh and again uh i respect all opinions my strong opinion about this is it tracks so beautifully um mm-hmm. because for me i think what is made clear on screen is uh this is not a fun life for hucks <laughs> this last year he is yeah. Uh, we see him physically abused by Kylo at the end of mm-hmm. The Last Jedi uh, uh, more than once. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we see him not being a respected member of the First Order, uh, being told to shut up with the, uh, the absolute power of the solo finger. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the shut up finger. Uh, so Hux has been tortured uh, by Kylo. And then that quote, uh, this is one of the most elegant lines, I think, in Rise of Skywalker, is when he says, uh, when he reveals himself as the spy and is helping our Resistance friends, and he says, I don't care if you win, I need Kylo Ren to lose. Mm. Not only does that ring true to me for somebody who is in something like the First Order, because the only ideology of First First Order is, uh, might makes right, and I want to be the one with might. I want to be the one with power. Mm-hmm. He's not the one with power, um, so he would happily turn on on those who are using the, their power and in, in abusing him. But what I really love about this is it's it's light side, dark side. It's the opposite of what Rose says. It's, That's exactly right. Yeah, save what we love, uh, you know, not fighting what we hate. And here comes uh, Hux with the complete opposite. Like I don't care if anything's ever better in the galaxy. I just want you to stick it to the guy I don't like. It is just perfect. Um, mm. It matters not only that we fight, but it matters what we're fighting for. Uh, so.
3: I I I love it. Uh, um, you know, is is there enough Hux in Rise of Skywalker for me? I, I think it's in in end, end of the day, just right. I just, Donald Glover is such a great performer, but so maybe that's why sometimes I, I would want more. But I this goes back to a, I even had this in, an off air conversation with a friend a couple of years ago. You know, I on this podcast feed i used to make fun of uh of hux's speech in force awakens right it's yeah. so it's so big melodramatic on which we stand and I I, I I i it's not that that was how that was necessarily intended but it's this big giant second generation evil uh literally with Brendel hux's father and the, the empire now first order and then i've always loved that that Ryan Johnson in a way less Jedi in a way comes comes along and just says that big blustery evil has no merit no purpose no depth it it's just evil to be evil's sake and he doesn't even really know where it's coming from and he's undercut right from the beginning he's not as powerful and he's bundling uh, bumbling, and that's why Captain Kennedy works for me so well because you with f- those fires five bloody minutes ago you're in an, you're an ineffectual leader because you're nothing but rage you're nothing but anger you're shallow uh, and, and, and I think that tracks for me. Now we're just talking about connections, Joseph, I guess.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, a in. lot of our friction conversation was acknowledging the friction and and then slide. discussing how we think it's harmony. Mea culpa, we like these movies, we warn people at the yeah. top of the podcast.
3: Yeah, so the slide from Hux uh, being, uh, you know, at the top of the pops and and First uh, Force Awakens, sliding on down to where he is just cast aside uh, because he's not saving the day, uh it, it, that that works for me as well i can i can get it uh i can get some of the friction there but uh at the end of the day no i, I love it too
2: yeah yeah you know what here here's what i will say is mm-hmm. uh, i love all these films uh but i do have my my own little uh personal subjective critiques every once in a while uh i didn't like how fast uh huck's death went like i thought i, I liked the surprise that uh pride turns around in in blast sim but i i felt like that there should be like a shot lingering on hucks like i i I shouldn't mm-hmm. say should have because I don't like that. I would have enjoyed it, yeah, yeah. if there were a shot uh, that just just took a took a moment to take in the sadness of of what became of this this man who couldn't be better.
3: Yeah, who, who, who by the way was abused as a child, forced into this thing. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you know uh, you know the uh, think piece on Huck's <laughs> could could still come, but uh, yeah, I, I can get behind you on that one.
2: Yeah, and I might have more strong feelings since. The first thing I heard when I walked out of uh, uh, The Force Awakens is getting texts from friends saying, you look like General Hux.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, I just
2: don't even think it's
3: true. I mean, first of all, I mean, looking like Donald Gleason's not a bad thing, number
2: one. But No, I just, if anybody ever told me I look like Donald Gleason, I'd say, thank you. But oh, as I've said <laughs> was, before in stand-up <laughs> jokes, like, you look like a space Nazi. doesn't yeah. feel like a compliment. It does not. It does not. Uh, uh, any other uh, moments of friction you want to discuss before we take a quick break?
3: Well, there's the big moment, the big things of friction that exist, uh, not for you and I, but for others. And that's the fact that seven, eight and nine just exist.
2: (laughs) Well, it was friction once upon a time that one, two and three exist. So uh, so it goes, right? So it goes. (laughs) There will always be friction. That's a part of Star Wars. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about some of the moments where we really see a great connection in The Rise of Skywalker back uh, in a moment.
3: four center friends make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from jennifer landa whether it's youtube instagram or tiktok you whippersnappers four center's own jennifer landa continues to bring you fun informative and
2: insightful laughs and moments And we are back to finish our discussion about the connections and sometimes the friction between The Last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker. Uh, we talked about a lot of the, the common things that people bring up about how they feel they don't connect. Uh, now we're going to talk about moments of connection. So, Ken, here we go. Uh, let's talk about the dyad and its power. Uh, in The Last Jedi, Ray and uh, Ben slash Kylo make this intimate connection, right? And... It's a a great mechanic of the plot that Snoke claims he bridged their minds for his own ends. Uh, But even after Snoke is cut in half, uh, tongue sticking out, uh, there seems to still be a connection uh, between Kylo and Rey, and then Rey severs it at the end of The Last Jedi. That's my interpretation of when she closes the Falcon door. Uh, And then in The Rise of Skywalker, uh, I believe we see that connection strengthened. Uh, Rey and Ben slash Kylo can connect across space and uh, fully pass objects back and forth uh, we learn that their connection is unique and powerful they are a dyad in the force two that are one does this uh, do these connections all work for you does it feel like a one story evolving
3: it really does feel like one story evolving it's so funny we talked about friction a lot of connection. Uh, ended up coming out of that Here we're talking about connection And I sometimes have uh, a, a friction with the dyad Just in some mystical way Where I'm like I don't, I don't fully understand it But I enjoy it And one of the reasons Let me just say One of the reasons I enjoy it uh, Particularly in Rise of Skywalker if if having the dyad just gives you the one scene where he's on Kijimi, she's in his studio apartment on the on the Star Destroyer, and <laughs> and they get in the lightsaber fight across time, space, and dimensions. Well, I mean, they were he was float, she was floating above him, and that shot where he, he you know the, the the red berries fall on the white floor in his uh, his chambers. I'm there. Any other questions I have, I'll toss them out just for that that moment. I that's one of my favorite little moments in Star Wars.
2: Yeah, I let, love that it exists. It's just visually great. Like if somebody had told you beforehand, like there's going to be a lightsaber shot where Barry's spell, you'd be like, "Cool, oh, I'll, I'll yeah, give cool. it a shot." Like that's amazing, right? Um, yeah. Not, and then, of course, just the the utter power of the the pass of the skywalker blade to ben as he's facing the knights right uh, there's there's a lot of just great fist pumping yeah. yep. meaningful but still just thrilling applaud in the theater action moments that that come of that that dyad power uh yeah. but but talk
3: to me about uh, the rest of it the rest of it is uh, is even if i as i'm trying to you know I, i'm a nerd but i was more of the G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Robotech, less of D&D, which isn't a blanket reference, just like, so sometimes when things like dyads and, you know, we're not saying that's related just to D&D, but you know what I mean? Where I'm just like, what? Okay, but what? Because I have a lot of my friends who are like, oh, a dyad. I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, throw that out the window. It. I, I said, you know, evolution, the growing, the continuing of the story, their connection was so powerful in Last Jedi. It, 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 it's such a, a, a fun bit of storytelling especially what they came up with the connection and the sound design of the connection just the fact that the actors were like yeah don't worry i'll be in the room for you too we're not gonna you we're gonna shoot this scene as is as as real it, it's palpable to me and 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 for that connection to grow even maybe just despite what ray might want of <laughs> this situation and even with kylo it, ch- it challenges him because she knows him It goes back to force awakens to me that that, that great Dual interrogation scene. That's so powerful, and and what I call uh, Kylo's first defeat. So yeah. cocky, so arrogant. Let me, oh, let me. I'm a monster. Let me take my helmet off. Look at my beautiful flowing hair. I'm not a monster, uh, but I'm in control. Oh crap. Your power is, is emerging and you saw my fears. Oh my God, no one else knows me like you. And that scares the hell out of me. And all that makes sense to build towards this thing. This really powerful, unexplained connection seemed to be there from the start. And you could see this, even as, as a writer, we're trying to keep the behind the scenes stuff out of it. But you can see is if you're putting it together, what can we do with this? Wow, that was pretty awesome. What can we do with it? Make it stronger, whether they want to or not. They don't even know what's play. They got, we got to see how, what that does to them. And, and it just creates uh, some beautiful moments for me.
2: Yeah, I think that one of the just great things about Ray and Ben slash Kylo's story is that they are these people who are very much, you know, connected across uh, space and time of mm-hmm. they are the only people right now who are both going through something kind of similar of having this incredible raw power and having this responsibility of of choosing what to do with it and kind of having the, these mirror issues where uh, Ray feels like she doesn't have any parental uh, figures in her life she doesn't have any uh, connection and and Ben Kylo is is haunted by all these different uh, figures who are making him feel less than whether they uh, you know mean to or not uh, so they have this these great and interesting connections and that gets built on so well in the last Jedi where Ray is desperate for someone to Help her figure out how to, how to, what this power is and, and how to find her place in, in the galaxy and find her place in the story. And, and Ben so desperately wants to be seen and understood, uh, by someone. And ray is the perfect person for that. So it's this great, honest, intimate, uh, connection. And then I feel like Rise of Skywalker just does take it to this not even another level. It just, uh, looks at it in a different light. Um, mm-hmm. that, There's a lot in Star Wars, and this is where you really mix the ingredients and you have preferences about there's too much of that spice in this Star Wars dish uh, for one person or another. But Star Wars has always taken the very real and the very personal and blown it up into these, you know, great mythic levels. Um, In fact, in between breaks as we were recording podcasts today, um, someone reposted one of these old interview clips with uh, with George Lucas uh, asking him. How do how do you how do you be a hero? What do you, what does it mean to be a hero? Can people do that anymore? Can people be heroes? And Lucas gives us very nice uh, response of saying, yeah, you can every day you can choose to be a hero. And if you have compassion, uh, you know, if you treat other people with kindness or, or if you treat people like they're less than you, I, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and he says, but he very specifically says, y- you don't have to have a big laser sword fight. Um but you can choose to be a hero every day, and the reason I bring this up is, to me, that's a huge part of what Star Wars is. Going back to the original trilogy, you don't you don't have Luke is a meta. Luke is a massive mythical metaphor for mm. uh, be nice to people at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. uh, Luke is a massive mythical metaphor for choose. Figure out who you are as you go out in the world, and choose who you want to be. And I feel like. I connect that back to this uh, with Ray and Kylo where last Jedi is dealing with them a little bit more on just like, what is their emotional connection and rise of Skywalker continues that absolutely. But just like taking our everyday choices and, and turning them into a, a young hero with a laser sword, like the original star Wars did this dyad idea takes it to this sort of mythical level and it makes it uh it romanticizes something that is real. We can have intimacy and connection with people uh, who we both want to connect with and are, mm. uh, but frustrated by and trying to understand, and, and we're bonded because we have uh, similar problems but different problems. Uh, but we just feel like fate means us to be together and work this out. And the diet is just—it's taking that to a mythic level, and I think really reinforcing that. Rise of Skywalker cares so much, again and again and again, about. Community is valuable. Working together Mm. is valuable. Uh, The idea of two lightsabers, the idea of a a dyad that is the most powerful when it's connected. The idea that a a small group can can function best by inspiring a larger group to come together. There's so much in Rise of Skywalker that wants to reinforce that idea of individuals matter. You need to make your choices, but we are stronger together. And the Mm. dyad is, to me, just another way to do that.
3: I you just yeah I I can't even add to that uh, too much just a, a, a powerful statement on what it really means beyond just a, a term Ken didn't first really understand <laughs> in the theater um, but I and our our pal Andres Cabrera was. Uh, He'd been on Force Center before around this time when we were doing the Jedi, the final iteration of Jedi Council. He had said something, and and I had summarized it in a way, and I still go back to it and listening to you talk about this and Ray and and Ben and the connection of of he just said you know again I'm parap- I literally paraphrased it on air with them. It's just the the idea of uh, a, a a child of destiny born in the light that shows darkness, a, a child from nowhere born in the darkness that shows the light, and how and how they connected and how they're intertwined from the start and how that played out and how it just continued to grow and grow into those final moments and what it meant. Uh, it, 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 it it's, uh, is I, I, take inspiration from it, the lessons and the mythic. And then that's very mythic to me is what, what, what made me think that is when you yeah. said that stuff, it's just like, that is, that is big, giant. Let's go chase the dragons cause we're knights of old and that's a myth and that's, and that's powerful. And, and it can connect to your daily life, walking into the grocery store.
2: Yeah, it, it feels like, again, connecting to Luke Skywalker, the the nobody farm kid who actually has a great destiny and is handed his father's ancient sword. Like, yeah, it, it feels mythic like that. And then just on kind of a detail level, uh, these are things that pop into my mind when sometimes people are, feel like uh, Rise of Skywalker ignored Last Jedi. There's a couple of very specific moments that I think uh, uh, this dyad is building on. You know, we've got Luke's uh, line. Uh, I've seen this raw strength only once before in Ben Solo. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. It's a direct line in Mm -hmm. Last Jedi from a person that uh, I think the audience is supposed to trust (laughs) uh, their knowledge that looks like the way you use the force, the way you're connected to it, and the way Ben is connected to it is extremely powerful and extremely the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's just like one concrete thing. And then another great thing is a moment in Last Jedi that just by itself is Intriguing, mysterious, poetic, uh, suddenly becomes built on in this great way. Of remember in the Last Jedi that water from Octo physically passes to Kylo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's a great uh, uh, development when you just watch them as stories of like, oh, they're connecting in the Last Jedi, but they're still working it out, and they discover this very Kylo discovers this very small bit of like, how did. Where did that come from? How did that transfer to me? And it's a great just setup for the realization that they have this intimate power of being able to, to pass things uh, back and forth and physically connect through the, the mists of space.
3: Yeah, it's a beautiful little detail. Well said. Well, well pointed out of just, again, if you're sitting in, a, in, a, in an office trying to break a story down and you're like, what about this? What about this little moment? Where could we take that? Uh, I, I i love that aspect and, and it's so you know well played by adam driver you're right he he, he is he is uh curious
2: <laughs> this is yeah, our- like what the hell is this yeah 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 is there a leak in the star destroyer nope in here yeah. <laughs> hucks mopped this up yeah uh all right any other dyad uh, thoughts before we move on no
3: other than uh, now i know really what it means and i'm gonna roll a perfect 20.
2: <laughs> excellent uh this is a big one for me for points of connection this is one that i feel real passionate about and it is the story of the jedi and should the jedi continue so uh, luke spends a, a great deal of the last jedi questioning the existence of the jedi which is fair because uh, throughout the prequels uh we watch them make some mistakes uh and mm-hmm. then luke himself makes mistakes and he's questioning those great uh but even in last jedi once yoda sets the Unetti tree library on fire Luke tries to rush back in and save the sacred Jedi text. So despite yep. everything that Luke is saying, he, he still has this instinct that we shouldn't let that knowledge die. We shouldn't let the Jedi end. Um, and then, of course, at the end, he, he really makes that extremely clear when he projects a crate at the end of The Last Jedi, wielding the Skywalker blade and allowing himself to truly be seen as a noble Jedi standing up to the First Order and then to make it even more clear that Luke Skywalker does now believe that the Jedi should continue, he's got that line where he says, I will not be the last Jedi. So there's a lot of doubting in the first half of, uh, or more of The Last Jedi. But at the end, many moments from Luke really, really reaffirming the continuation of the Jedi. So then we get to Rise of Skywalker and uh, that spirit of, yes, the Jedi should be questioned, but they should continue uh rays actively learning from those texts right and when she doubts herself and the jedi when she's at her lowest uh luke's spirit is there to help her forward uh after himself going through his moment of doubt so uh that's a little bit of a, a picture for me of i think how it all is laid out in last jedi and then sets uh ray and and luke on their jedi journey in rise of skywalker does this tale of of the jedi should continue work for you
3: it works on a spectacular level. The the thing that you've uh, you've kind of been saying lately of, of, of Last Jedi, you know, questions everything to, to in Star Wars to maybe validate in the end, right? I mean, that's literally what Luke's going through. I love that you point out because it's always stood out to me that Luke's like, destroy it. Oh, God, I got to get the books. Uh, <laughs> it shows me there's something inside of him, you know? And, and he couldn't do it. And we, and we learned from Jason Fry's novelization, like Luke was dressed in ceremonial Jedi gear, essentially. To, to burn the tree several times when Ray finds him, he had just tried to do it Yeah, essentially, you know, uh, it's, it's the story there again. Uh, is it a detail beyond the movies? Yeah. Yeah. But it's there, it's there in the star Wars story. And so I love that. And I love, you know, when the trailer dropped, uh, I was, uh, Atlanta, Orlando at the convention when, you know, the Jedi must end and, and it's, it's scandalous, but Luke doesn't end there. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't end there, including with the lightsaber toss I think we can get into that here In this section, so I, I love it And at the end at the end of Last Jedi Not only is he saying it, but it's like the movie's saying it uh, You know, I've tossed uh, I've tossed the real uh, real world and in, in real world discussions, I should say I, I've tossed the prequel Jedi At some friends of mine, I'm just like, look what Lucas is asking here or, or look what Lucas is presenting here Of how the Jedi were destroyed We we grew up thinking they were wiped out by the Sith Particularly Palpatine and Vader yeah uh, that's the surface level, but really the, the destruction that happened from the inside and much earlier, uh, you're going to rot from within more than you are going to be destroyed from without. George was asking that and, and also saying, we don't want that to happen because we, we kind of need the Jedi. They're good. And wanted you to think about that. And I think that all connects into the, into last Jedi, into what Luke was thinking, the direct reference to the prequels. And then it's reaffirmed at the, at the end. And then everything where this ends up, Ray representing the Jedi, Ray not hearing the Jedi, but then connecting—all those kind of things—it it does flow nicely for me.
2: Yeah, and I think the the argument that is being made in many different Star Wars stories, uh, everything from from Yoda's wisdom to to Luke about, you know, uh, a Jedi never uses the Force for attack, uh, uses it for knowledge and defense—probably things that Yoda al- always believed, but certainly were crystallized uh, by being through a war that didn't help anyone you know maybe uh, you know individual people here and there in the clone wars obviously uh were were saved by the jedi but ultimately it didn't behoove the jedi to fight a war uh so yoda's always presenting that wisdom and, and that's what we see the jedi doing is the first order has has risen the first order is there they are an offshoot of the dark side um We we learn being puppeted by by Palpatine, and they are going to run rampant across the galaxy. They are going to cause pain and horror and misery. And the point of the Jedi is to keep balance and not allow the dark side to take everything, so you need a Jedi to uh, stand up to the dark side. And just kind of visually, literally, that's what both Luke and Ray do, right? Uh, Luke uh, stands before Kylo and Distracts him and, and into the eyes of the, of the galaxy, into the heroes. There is literally like this one unstoppable guy standing up to that whole armada of machinery and evil. But then, just on a functional level, he's just like I'm literally holding. I'm literally holding the dark side back, so yeah. my sister and all of my friends can live, so that the light side can can keep being going on to inspire others. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Ray defeats Palpatine, it's very. Uh, similar physical uh, image of she is blocking that lightning from going out into the galaxy that hate from going out into the galaxy and and stopping it you know um and i think that's to me that's really the idea of that's what the jedi are at their best their knowledge and defense yeah and luke wrestles with is uh yeah but as soon as you get involved in trying to do the right thing you end up fighting and if you if you accidentally use violence in the wrong way for even a second you can make things much worse and you know poor Luke made a mistake and, he, and he's haunted by it and yeah. it's understandable that he's questioning it but even by the end of Last Jedi he's realizing uh, that but it's even worse for me to just do nothing while mm. darkness marches over everything and, and the force is going to find you in
3: your dreams to let you know <laughs>
2: yeah exactly um yeah yeah great detail from jason Fry's novel the forces even when he's tried to disconnect to him it, he's having dreams where the force is like yeah it's not great to just sit around and do nothing
3: <laughs> yeah which is again you know is a, is a, a side discussion of just that was a powerful powerful um you know prologue mm-hmm. to the last jet of novelization that the clickbait articles then spawned into did you know luke was married did you not read what was going on there? <laughs> and therefore it becomes this uh, fandom uh, that uh, is thirsty for only plot details or what they think are plot deals details and not the themes and the lessons and, and the purpose for these big modern myths.
2: Yes. So books should be used for, for knowledge and discussion, not clickbait. Yeah, I 100% <laughs> stand by that. <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to highlight about this is just, um, not only is there the, the kind of straightforward um, by the third act of The Last Jedi, Luke is taking actions and saying words that mm-hmm. reaffirm the Jedi. So it is, to me, it is not surprising that he is uh, I- encouraging Ray and Rise of Skywalker to move forward. But it's also there's a real connection between what Luke went through in Last Jedi and the advice that he's giving Ray, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because Luke's journey is about fear. Uh, he failed Ben Solo. And he fears if he tries to train Ray, he'll fail her too. He fears that because he's made mistakes in the past, that if he goes out there and acts as a Jedi, he'll make more mistakes and he'll make things worse. He is acting on fear, right? He even uses the word. Again, this line I've quoted before this episode, when he says to Ray, I've seen this raw strength only once before in Ben Solo. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. Mm. He's leading with fear. Uh, And then, you know, in Last Jedi, Yoda convinces him, to Im- Im- uh, accept his mistakes, move beyond that, and you know he goes and he acts in the spirit of the Jedi of knowledge and defense. You know he he saves Leia, and he really in, in saying I am not, I will not be the last Jedi. He's really saying Ray's going to continue this tradition of what I'm doing right now, standing up against uh, the dark side. And then in Rise of Skywalker, when when Ray experiences what Luke did of uh, what she feels was a failure. Uh, uh, lashing out uh, giving in to her anger and, and, and stabbing Kylo uh, she says I'm gonna do what you do dude you did I'm gonna you know uh, you a- angry upset you from second act of last Jedi from first and second act was correct uh, I'm going to just hide away because any action I take uh, I'm afraid of my own darkness uh, or my potential darkness uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use my power mm-hmm. and Luke having already been through exactly that, has that great line reading of what are you doing yeah and it's basically saying don't do what i did and he he goes again to that that idea of fear of it was fear that kept me on this island you know and in the the script doesn't hold your hand there he doesn't reiterate the Mm -hmm. what happened in last jedi and say i failed ben solo so i was afraid i'd be like he didn't he doesn't go through it but we saw it (laughs) uh yeah and then it even it 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 connects to all of the advice that he gives Ray confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. And again, it's this great mythic to, to, to speak about real experiences that we all go through. We all don't have to face our uh, evil clone sort of uh, grandfather with laser swords and lightning. Uh, but we all do have to confront our fear in order to not be held back by it. Um, and and that, Luke really ties that to that's what the destiny of a Jedi is, is confront fear so you can move past it, so you can help people, so you can you know stand up to the dark side. And mm-hmm. that's what the Jedi do. That's what the Jedi are for. That's why Luke uh, encourages Rey to continue down the Jedi path.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I still think some folks uh, saw, saw the beginning of that scene in, in Rise of Skywalker and then just left the theater um, and just didn't see the rest of the scene play out of what Luke was saying. I, you know, I, I, it's a point of friction for people. You, you and I can acknowledge it's a point of friction and, and one that I've had, uh, uh, dare I say, thrown in my face as a fan off air by people. Uh and, and, and I guess it would have helped if, if Luke caught the lightsaber, says, uh, you know, this ain't the way to treat the weapon of a Jedi. In fact, that's a lesson I learned from you, Ray, uh, <laughs> at the end of the third act. Remember when
2: you I tossed. Remember that? Remember? Remember? OK. Remember when I, I tossed this lightsaber away and then chose to project this one uh, to yeah. signal to you that I have now accepted it? Yeah. Remember that? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. And I get, I I do get it. I I really do get if like you're not doing a Star Wars podcast, you're not doing deep dives and you really, really remember that moment from Last Jedi where he throws it over and then he catches it. And I understand how people can have a a gut reaction of, oh, these movies are, are, are uh, fighting with one another, which is why I I so love talking about it this way, because I just don't think that moment was in any way Mm -mm. uh, uh, to, to have those movies talk to each other, except for to say, Luke went through something in last Jedi and now he's got a different perspective because of it. And now he's the Luke who catches the lightsaber because he went on a journey and he changed. He changed. And, and like you said
3: too, Ray, it now finds herself in the exact, uh, you know, same moment to to a certain degree. And, and now the advice has a special extra meaning. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. And then the last thing for me, which can also be a moment of, of, of criticism or friction of uh, raising the X-wing in rise of Skywalker. Um, Mm-hmm. I think for me, uh, the when Ray sees the the X wing underwater in Last Jedi, that to me is a real moment of like, oh wow, this guy is serious. He's, He's not gone. leaving. He thinks it's worse to get involved. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Luke raising the X wing it's a it's a great moment for Luke you know it it does it connects to other moments you can dislike that too much nostalgia not enough whatever Mm -hmm. but in terms of just the emotional canon what it means to the characters for me that's Luke saying hey Ray again mea culpa I was Mm -hmm. wrong this x-wing is a symbol of being willing to get involved Mm -hmm. And before it was underwater it was a symbol to me of like that's how serious I am about not leaving I crashed it underwater and this is where I am now. It is, I'm, I am raising it as a symbol of, yes, we should get involved. Yep. Yep. Uh, plus,
3: uh, Yoda's music plays, you think of Empire. And uh, if that's too much nostalgia, put it straight into my veins and I'll, I'll, D- I'll OD on it. <laughs> I love
2: it. Nice. Nice. Yeah.
3: All right. Uh, any other thoughts on that? I mean, probably seven hours worth, but I think we can move on.
2: Okay. Yes. We, we will move on. Uh, so, uh, we want to talk about some character arcs. Uh, sure. uh go through uh, what I would argue are kind of the, the four four big characters from the new generation: uh, uh, Ray and Kylo and uh, Finn and Poe. Not that there aren't uh, other characters, but mm-hmm. uh, we only have so much time. Uh, so let's talk about Ray's arc. Um, yeah. Ray's established challenges in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, I think, are uh, longing for connection, right? Uh, finding her place in the story, and as a part of that, also figuring out what to do with. Her power uh, in the Last Jedi, specifically, she also wants to truly understand Ben and Kylo. That is extremely important to her. So those are what some of her uh, motivations and challenges have been. Do you think those motivations are all uh, continued and resolved in the Rise of Skywalker, or do you think any of them are are dropped or ignored?
3: I, I really don't. I don't think so. Especially because it's it's amazing to me how much a lot of it, a lot of Last Jedi, uh, builds on. Uh, Force Awakens. I'm talking spe- specifically about Ray and just her and the Unity Tree. Uh, you know, this power's been inside me. I don't know what to do with it. And then, and then you have this. You're, you're, you're. You got Leia, but other than that, you're, you're left, left alone. There's also a lot of things on Leia's plate <laughs> during this year. And then this power starts hurting people. It's so progressive in in Rise of Skywalker. Each beat, the power, um, you know, her power potentially hurts people, but she also know she has the power to heal. Obviously, so. Yeah, it, it builds and builds and builds for me. Where she then can use her power, uh, and and knows what to do with it, and has learned what to do with it, and, and it's it, it's a really complete journey. I'm not explaining it super well, I know, but it it, it goes back to seven. Forget even the connections. To Last Jedi it builds from seven all the way through to me.
2: Yeah, I, I really feel the same way. I think The Force Awakens, in particular, so as, establishes so well that what she wants is belonging in in connection um obviously she also wants to find out who she is and and make her choices and and shape herself as an individual um but she also wants to feel a part of something larger that's just so explicit in force awakens where you know that that ma's conversation marking the days uh on her great at ad apartment um but i just feel like every thread is picked up on and and some of them you know very literally from the last jedi I, i wrote down that same quote that you just uh quoted uh, that she says to Luke, uh, you know, something inside me has always been there, but now it's awake and I'm afraid. I don't know what it is or what to do with it and I need help. She expresses crystal clear I need guidance of, on how to handle this power or I need to figure out how to use this power. Um, yeah. Goes along with that Luke quote I've quoted twice about you know, the amount of power you have is frightening. Uh, and the mm-hmm. idea that you wouldn't be able to handle it right is frightening. So then when we go into Rise of Skywalker yeah. and She's frustrated because she's not able to do what connect with the Jedi of the past, which absolutely ties in to her desire for belonging, connection, uh, guidance, understanding. You know, understanding the past to understand who she is now, and she's frustrated by that. Yeah, uh, she's she's not going out on missions, and Poe uh, calls her out on that because she's training because she doesn't want to use the power in the wrong way. She mm-hmm. she hurts BB-8. Uh, she hurts Chewie. Uh, she's f- terrified of uh, failing Leia. She needs to, she thinks she needs to earn yeah. uh, the Skywalker family blade. And then, you know, uh, Kylo and Palpatine, again, press on exactly those issues that she has that are so well established of, yep, mm. you're destined to not be able to do good with your power. You are destined uh, to rule for the Sith and rule through power and strength and not be connected to anybody but us. The bad guys. <laughs> who yeah. don't actually, you know, Kylo does truly want to connect with her, but but not in a healthy way. Uh, at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Later, I think it's healthy. Uh, beginning, not so great. Palpatine doesn't want to connect with her. He wants to possess her and use her, but they're lying to her and saying every fear you have that you have this power and it's going to uh, turn uh, this power is going to turn against you. You've got a little bit of belonging finally and you're going to ruin it. It's just it's so plain into everything that's been established about Ray It's fear
3: after fear after fear after fear and Luke has some thoughts on what you're supposed to do with fear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Confront. Yes. Uh it's and so do, you know, that that whole word fear, that idea of fear, that kind of pops up a little bit in the in the prequels and is tied I've to journey. Yeah. 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 I've heard it. I've heard of it. Yeah and i think for me um not to just concentrate on the on the negative because that's that's how what challenges her in rise of skywalker uh, you know is just uh, uh, connected so powerfully and rises so organically from what she was challenged by in the force awakens and the last jedi but it's resolved as well right because uh she gets she does find connection. She is uh, connected uh, to Finn and Poe and BB-8 and then Dio and her friends at the uh, Resistance. We, we see that she does have anger, and, and why wouldn't she? She grew up in, it, oh. all, alone on a desert planet living a really hard life, learning to become a fighter who stands on her own two feet and it, it can beat the crap out of people with her not-plagious staff uh, oh. <laughs> because she needs to have that strength. So she has not Palpatine's anger. She has her anger that she would have but that's not the complete picture of who she is she also also has this side that has this instinct to help going back to force awakens like here's this Maybe bb8 her here's this lost her. orphan that i need to help yes. and what luke and leia she doesn't just blindly follow luke and leia's advice the advice she gets from luke and leia are we don't care what's in your blood mm-hmm. we luke and leia see who you are ray we see your spirit we see your heart we see we see anger but we also see more than anything uh compassion and a desire to connect with others and help others and understand others that's why she connected to kyla because she does want to understand uh and luke and leia i don't think are telling her who to be they are literally telling her to trust herself because she is a good person
3: yeah. And all this good. Yeah. It's always well said, sir, but you know, to go back even to, to Maz and, and the speech you, you mentioned of just the belonging you seek, it's all in front of you. And, and, and so this does, Rise Skywalker does resolve even that for me. Uh, this, this, this person who, who was alone and thought she was alone, uh, you know, is so connected at the end. The, the connect, That's why I love that. I love that smile that the, 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 through the battered bruise, uh you know scared uh, face of ray and just seeing and knowing and feeling that ben is there and ben is there and mm-hmm. that connection. she is
2: not alone she's yeah.
3: not alone the connection she is who she is she is who she's choosing to be but she's not alone that's the power that's the emotional canon that runs all through these these films when i say i feel it's connected seven eight nine uh and and how that's there then the voices and once once i think she's there she accepts it and, and, and she feels, and sometimes we need that in life. Take, talking about Star Wars we're taking it into the real world. Sometimes you just need to feel, you know, you block it, you block it. And the moment you kind of connect to something, you feel it. And then the voices start coming in and the Jedi are there. And she, 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 she rises literally through, through uh, the, the feeling the, the, the power of these connections. for me.
2: Yeah, exactly. Draw, she takes, I think she takes individual action, but it is inspired mm-hmm. by, Uh, the encouragement of others and the belief in her from others. And I do believe that we should be individuals and we should be strong and competent and we should be able to, uh, you know, define ourselves. I believe strongly in the individual, but I also believe strongly in of course we need each other. And of course it's, you can get, get up and stand up and do something difficult all by yourself, but it's also beautiful to do it knowing that all these people behind you are going, I believe in you. You can do this. Hey, well, look, she she's uh, in Rise of Skywalker. I, I think she's um, – because the end
3: of Jedi, she gets on the Falcon and she cuts off the connection to Kylo and Ray says – or excuse me, Leia says, we, you have everything you need right here. Don't worry. We've got Porgs, Nine Numb, and Arthur. We're good. <laughs> and, and then she she still feels alone. And 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 can't there's still things obviously a ton she's got to learn and that's the, the resistance reborn book deals with that a bit and and I, so I love when we pick up in, in, in rise of Skywalker she is fighting these connections we're going to talk about Finn but your your you're, uh, big thing about Finn and rise the Skywalker is, is is wanting to be in the center of these connections. Let, let, let's hug it out basically <laughs> but but, but Ray feels incorrectly that she has to handle this burden alone so naturally you are going to be alone at that point, you are going to be more vulnerable. If you're fighting those connections, even though you might want the connections on paper, you're like, oh, this is burden. This is a burden I got to face. Uh, yeah. I'm, Frodo. I'm Frodo. I got to go by myself on this boat. And then Sam wise is like, uh-uh, I'm coming with you. Like, and, and, and that, that connection, is, it gets more and more powerful. It goes along. So I, I've always looked at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker as, as her going, I have great purpose. I must handle this alone. Please get away from me.
2: Yeah, I know. I think that's really great. A really, really great thing. Um, to to highlight of that her, her challenge in rise of skywalker specifically is being so afraid that she'll hurt people yeah. uh close to her that she pushes them away right i mean yeah. talk about uh having a great mythic version of the mundane right like if, if i'm in a really bad place and uh, a friend texts me and i don't answer like that's basically like a huge mythic version of that when ray force pushes kylo or uh, finn away you know like i'll deal with it by myself yeah. <laughs> I don't need help from friends. I'm going to ghost you, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: We can all fill on those, uh, fill on those islands, the emotional. islands, not the Octo islands. I'm on that Island too, a lot of times, but, uh, Emotional islands. It's easy to say, just push it away, especially if, if you're, uh, you know, having some family issues and some power issues. <laughs> what am I connected to? I don't want to do this. I want to be out there and you're going to push away any other connections because, you know, think of romances, failed romances. You come out of a bad relationship. Someone else in, in the right time comes in your life and you're not you're not open to the love they're giving you mm.
2: because
3: you know how you hurt the, the, the and destroyed the previous relationship. You're going to be Ray at the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very well said. Um, Final thoughts for me on Ray's journey in Rise of Skywalker is uh, one of the things I really love about reaching out to connect to the Jedi of the past is because that is that moment where she truly does confront uh, her fear, right? Not just the Mm -hmm. fear of like, uh, well, I'm connected to Palpatine. You know, she, she, I think she's believing in herself by that. She stands up to him. She says, you know, my parents are strong. She says, I'm not going to hate not even you. Uh, But then, you know, the, Ben's there and that's great. But then the battle's not going well. You know, her friends are up there dying. Uh, ben has been, uh, uh, has fallen as once a, <laughs> the city has fell. A petty jerk thrown down the shaft. Mm. It would be the easiest thing in the world confronted by all of her worst fears of everyone around me that I cared about is, is dying. Yeah. It would be the easiest thing in the world for her to give up. And she does the, she pushes back on exactly what you're describing. She's gone through this journey And she confronts that fear and she reaches out to connect. And I think it gives her not the literal force power strength, but the emotional strength Mm. to make her choice to Mm -hmm. stand up and say, I got this power. I'm, I am choosing the light. I am choosing to be a Jedi. No one is choosing this for me. I am standing up and making my choice. And it's so much easier because there are community. There's people
3: who have my back. I, I I even clapped some people might have heard that in the background unless my noise gate erased it uh, <laughs> i i I love what you're saying it, it, it honors uh and we even talked about it with a great question from Gary McDowell on, on Tuesday's show on the news show about the individual and and the, also the connecting to the, the greater thing and you've mentioned a few times here and stuff at at uh with Ray at the end. This is why i I um rebuffed any ideas. Even though there might be some fun fan edits and everything, I reject in any way, shape, or form the idea that this film needed the ghosts of Kenobi, Anakin, uh, you know, Quinlan Voss, Kit Fisto to show up and join the fight with her and charge in front of her like the army of the dead in front of Aragorn. Like, the, it, it was her fight, it, her generation's fight, but her fight and what you just said, the community behind you. We're here with you you're going to do this yourself because you have, that's what your power will allow you to do. And you're choosing to use the power for the light side. That's why it all works to me. I'm summarizing a little bit, but just that's why if, as cool as some of those shots might've been. No, Anakin, the ghost of Anakin did not need to be there to pick up the blade, to do this fight for her.
2: Yeah. And, and maybe there's a different story where that makes sense, but I feel like this, yep. this, the, the whole sequel trilogy has so much been about, moving learning from the past and but moving forward yourself and i really feel like rise of skywalker really tried to play fair with that by you know putting that idea in the words of Luke Skywalker, in the first trailer, right? Yeah. We've taught you everything we know, but this is your fight, you know, Yeah, yeah. Uh, is really good. And the final thing for me on Ray's journey is one of the reasons I so deeply love that ending scene that I know is is controversial and people have strong opinions. I understand uh, not only that she chooses to be a Skywalker because that's that's her choice. That's the name she wants. That's a, the spirit in the ideas that she wants to continue. But I so deeply love that she's burying their blades respectfully and saying, I have, you have taught me everything, you know, but these weapons are a symbol of your journey. And now I have my lightsaber, which is made out of my staff, which is a symbol of my lived experiences. It's one of those other moments where it's like, this is also about the individual. This is about Ray owning. This is my life and my experiences. And my lightsaber symbolizes that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it, the, the my lightsaber is is an uh, you know an honor to my uncle Darth Plagueis, and uh, <laughs> no, 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 I joke but well said and and yeah that I, yeah, yeah we'll do the ending on some other yes.
2: maybe Luda uh, we can do a scene by scene episode about it and really talk about that yeah, the mysterious than, other, old woman
3: yeah other than an odd beat or two which I admit her there and and agree wholeheartedly are there i i i love everything about it especially where we go and where we go the end of nine movies but it's another discussion we could talk about that for hours
2: yeah yeah and uh we'll, we'll get moving here because we could uh, talk about this for hours uh so let's move on to kylo uh in the force awakens in the last jedi kylo is of course haunted by the past and his legendary family he Fears he will never be as strong as Darth Vader. Uh, he, in an attempt to escape the past, he kills his father, Han Solo, thinking that will make him uh, be more powerful like he uh, desires to be. He kills this uh, dark side parent figure of Snoke, thinking that, that'll that do it. Uh, he wants to kill Luke on Crait. Uh, at the beginning of Last Jedi, he can't bring himself to personally kill his mother, but on Crate, he does order that no prisoners be taken. So in theory, he he is willing to... to uh, To kill Leia, which is terrifying. It's hard to even say those words out loud, but it seems like he is willing to let that happen as long as he doesn't have to personally do it. So he's he's trying to eliminate any uh, parental figure at all, any symbol of the past, uh, to get past his own fears, it's also uh, well established that he uh, feels a pull to the light uh, because he says it. Uh, <laughs> it's clear that he does not want to be alone. He wants Ray to understand him. He, he wants Ray to be by his side. That is what he's actively pursuing in uh in that great moment in the Last Jedi and actively throughout Rise of Skywalker. He is actively pursuing her to be by his side. So that's the the big bag of stuff that I think is going on mm. with Kylo. Same question that I had with Ray: Do you think that all of those ideas are are uh, you? Do they evolve and resolve in Rise of Skywalker?
3: Yes. Next topic: Big bag. Of, no. Um, <laughs> we we yeah yeah we we always joke here in Force Center. We know sometimes we have fun and go go long and long. I just I just realized I was like oh yeah we got some things to discuss. I I just so loved I I I'm drawn to this one to this story and to. To, to, to Ben and Kylo for a lot of reasons. Uh, this was a modern age. This was a Disney buys Lucasfilm. We're getting new Star Wars. We got this uh, guy holding a lightsaber in a forest that ignited uh, many debates back in the uh, <laughs> e- easy peasy days of Star Wars fandom discourse. Uh, and, and you think you're going to get a new Vader. And, and guess what? So did this guy. He, he whole, His whole thing is believing he's uh, the new Vader in a way, but it's such a realistic take and I love I still I I just go on and on about how much I just I, I would not have predicted I would have loved this. But Leia and Han are separated. The love story of my time, <laughs> they're <laughs> separated and their son, I, I could understand. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the solo twins and uh, Anakin solo or whatever the EU stuff is. God bless it. Uh, I, I get it that one of them goes bad. Got it. Uh, it went. It was such a real. You talk the the mythic, the mythic of the mundane, the mundane of the mythic. Yeah, uh, we got to put that on a shirt too. We got a lot of t shirts coming out of our discussions <laughs> this week. uh, To have it of 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 he is not comfortable with who he is or who he thinks supposed to be, and the pressures and the parental figures above him and and the pressures of the previous generation uh so he makes mistakes he makes mistakes by trying to find himself he he crafts this identity he wears this mask and then he arrogantly takes it off and, and then he just suffers his first defeat and then everyone else is telling him to take the mask off so he kills everyone who does it and he doesn't and he it become, becomes a supreme leader because it's each each it's a step forward of of I, i'm not comfortable being ben solo for for probably good reasons that you should go to some therapy about and i encourage <laughs> that but you know he, he he doesn't want I can't be that I can't be that and all of this to end up where he has no armor. He 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 is in a shirt with a hole in it and some pants and he doesn't have a, doesn't even show up with really a weapon other than a blaster. He doesn't have a lightsaber, doesn't have anything and 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 he he's in the end of the day he is so comfortable being Ben Solo finally. That to me is a, is a story resolved.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I totally, totally agree. I feel like everything about his emotional canon, his emotional journey tracks that, of course, presented with Palpatine. He'd be like, I I thought I had eliminated uh, most of these parental figures. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other parental figure that is really still out there for me is my mother. And she is is a big part of the pull to the light because. Kylo can find reasons to be mad at his father. His father was inattentive and, and didn't know how to how to talk to a kid or, or how to express his love. Like Han struggles with. Uh, Luke uh, betrayed him. Luke just feared him. You know, Snoke manipulated him for his own end. So he, he's got lots of reasons to be mad at all these other parental figures. But he, but he can't. He can't quite find his way to, to be mad at Leia because she's mm. Leia, right? Yeah, uh, and. and It makes perfect sense that in Rise of Skywalker, then this other uh, ultimate parental figure of Palpatine pops up. He's like, yeah, I'm going to kill you uh, for sure. I'll play along with your game, but I'm going to kill you. And in fact, I'm going to get Ray to do it and I can get both the things I want. I don't want to be alone. I want Ray by my side and I want you gone. And he spends most of the movie... You know, both trying to connect with Ray, but doing it from this dark side perspective of manipulating her to try to accomplish this, to try to uh, mm-hmm. kill Palpatine, and, and think he's going to have everything he wants, he's going to have all this power, and he won't be alone, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love that the turning point in Rise of Skywalker is that connection with Ray, even in in the throes of the dark side, being able to express that honesty of. The reason that I think I finally got you to to join me and fall to the dark side, Ray, is you failed uh, my mother. You failed Leia. And that's why I, there's no point in even thinking about turning back from the dark side uh, because I failed her and she won't accept me. It's mm. so human and so beautiful. And then the fact that Leia's great big action is to reach out to him and basically say, you know, no, you you can still you can still turn around. You can still make a better choice. Uh, Mm. right now right yeah you know it's almost all if you almost see you know Mm. leia as not i don't mean this in in like a force way like the pull to the light but like the idea of leia the truth of leia the truth of somebody who can take a lot of damage and not buckle in her commitment to the light is like that 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 truth of who she is has got to be a big part of the the pull to the light uh, of kylo and then that that light embraces him when he thinks it never could again, you know. And then we we complete his transformation back to Ben uh, by this true connection with Ray, this kindness of her, you know, even after he has hounded her and manipulated her and and seemed willing in this moment to possibly even kill her, that she can still reach out with kindness. Mm. And then on top of that, uh, really following up directly from the Last Jedi, right? Uh, uh, Luke tells. There's several important things in the Last Jedi to to Kylo's turn to Ben in Rise of Skywalker, I think. Mm-hmm. I think um, Leia accepting, tain, saying to Luke, I uh, accept that he's gone. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Luke saying, I can't save him. Not that he can't be saved, but Luke saying, I can't save him. And saying, no one's ever really gone. Luke giving the advice to Kylo that if you strike me down in anger, uh, I'll be, be with you always like your father. And then we get this beautiful moment where we learn in Rise of Skywalker that, yeah, the memory of his father is with him always. And the memory of that act of forgiveness and kindness of Han putting his hand on his son's cheek in that loving way, even after uh, the horror, that memory of his father always being with him, exactly as Luke said, is what gives Kylo the final strength to turn away from the dark side. So everything about the, those three beats of what bring Kylo back to the light are all building on what has come before, I think.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, with an exclamation point. And, and the cheek touch that saved the galaxy from uh, Han is, uh, you know, <laughs> love that scene. But I love, uh, I love uh, the little additional detail of just when you listen to Adam Driver kind of talk about that scene and the choices made in the scene. And, uh, you know, clearly Adam Driver's not someone who's like, well, I'm page 72 of this book and... Uh, you know uh, Star Wars he's probably a Star Wars fan in general I would think but but you know what I mean like he's there as an actor to make the choices just the his explanation of that Han scene of it just being something that's probably played over and over and over and over again in his mind it goes different ways every time and now in this in this particular version he has the strength to do what he what he knows he must which is what he uh, says and claims in in seven right yeah uh, as we know it's just so and and the most powerful I I, I love you I know in yeah. Star Wars, uh, no disrespect to the Empire moment uh, at all, but yeah, it, it so it all kind of leads pushes it forward, and and, and the fact that uh, you know just, the idea I can't go back, and, and Leia's not worried about whether you can go back or not, or not. She's worried about right here in the moment. She was always there for for him.
2: Yeah, can can you go forward? And and with with Kylo being obsessed with the past, and that he's never going to be able to become what he's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. as he says to Ray in Last Jedi, it, because he's haunted by these other figures who tell him what to be or that he can't live mm-hmm. up to or want to control mm-hmm. him or define him and all these all these things that he's wrestling with, it's also really important that he's able to make the better choice for himself as an individual to turn back to the light when he looks at the past and and takes what what is good from it and what he can draw mm-hmm. strength from it. And that's what propels him forward is finally kind of instead of just trying to kill the past, turning and facing the past, like almost literally he turns and faces the memory of of the last conversation he had with his father. Mm-hmm. And instead of killing it, running away from it, he turns and he faces it. Uh, he confronts fear <laughs> uh, and and uh, beco- becomes uh, uh, back on the path of the destiny of being a Jedi.
3: And you would you would yell kill the past uh, over and over again if every night, you know, the father that you murdered is in your dreams. Uh, Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Only way to get a good night's sleep, uh, to be flippant about it. Uh, Yeah. And then there's so so much great stuff with his his, he he gets what he wants. He he does. It has this connection with Ray when he has uh, fixed his his problem. Uh, yeah, we're, go- we're going long here, so we'll-, we'll wrap up quickly with a look at uh, Finn and Poe. Uh, we did a good episode a while back looking specifically at their arc, so we'll touch on this uh, briefly. In The Last Jedi, Finn only wants to keep Rey safe, uh, but through his adventures with uh, Rose, realizes that the fight between the First Order and the Resistance actually matters. There's a difference. And he ends The Last Jedi committed to his friends and the cause. Uh, do you think that main thread of uh, Finn's plays out well for you in, in rise of skywalker
3: yeah I, I i really do and we we did also a, a more specific stuff on uh finn with star wars ranked and what we think uh, important things about him uh and finn is tremendously important for me never to be undercut uh and 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 i know there's bigger discussions around and some wonderful wonderful what ifs and they could have uh, uh you know including a more literal stormtrooper uprising uh, Totally there for all that kind of stuff. But I go to episode seven and, uh, you know, just him wanting to escape because of fear, him wanting to escape for uh, other reasons than being heroic and how he really grows, uh, grows to be this wonderful hero based on a feeling. Cause he, he he wasn't he, he didn't shoot the villager not because he was afraid of phasma discipline I mean, he didn't didn't shoot the villager two in, in the two and all village because of a feeling he had right that's very clear mm-hmm. and so for him to ride that all the way through and to and to just get connected along the way where he ends up in uh, last Jedi, uh, is always been very powerful to me I love the stuff with uh, DJ I'm actually that's where I think I last loft, last uh, left off last Jedi yesterday on my workout right <laughs> right when DJ's like live free don't join and to, and to, and to see boyega's reaction how he plays that and Finn just kind of like he knows that butts up against a feeling he's having but man that does seem pretty right in the moment especially with the facts uh yeah same of both sides all those kind of things that are playing out and so to see where he goes and to, to go that the, the big theme you've always uh, championed and Finn of just the connection and and wanting to keep everyone connected which is so powerful to the sequel uh trilogy we've that that phrase has come up a lot of connection and be connected so yeah um and at the end his 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 feeling his going it's a feeling and I know it now yeah and having Jenna and others go, wow, yeah, that validates my feelings too, because we didn't know why, we didn't necessarily know, we just did this and we're here and and, and, and we're trying to find purpose. To validate all, everyone else's feelings, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's an emotional uprising for me. <laughs> Whether or not you wanted the actual uh, literal stormtrooper uprising, we we kind of again we got an emotional version. I don't I don't think that's a cheat. I just think it's another way and another path they took. I think it's there, and I think it was played wonderfully by John Boyega, and it does resonate for me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, an, an actual uprising, that would be a great uh, different story. Uh, but it, yeah. uh, but I do want to engage with the story that that we got. And I really agree with you about it. The, the spiritual version of that. Yeah, I love the idea that what Finn is, one of his great strengths is being empathetic of being a connector. And we see that in The Force Awakens, right? Of like, he just pops into Poe and Ray's life uh, both separately and makes these amazing, strong connections with both of them. He's just like a guy who does connect with people then he really connects with rose romantic or not (laughs) there's a clear uh strong emotional uh connection and then by rise of skywalker when he's committed to the cause he's the most committed and there's lots of visuals i know i've said this before where he's the one who literally physically brings them together asks them to hold hands and get a little Mm -hmm. good joke from grumpy poe about that but even at the end when the, the big three embrace uh after the battle of exegol it, finn is in the middle holding them all together and i think that's a a great picture of a of a character who uh that's his natural instinct to to bring people together to uh be open to his his instincts and not fear and i think it's told as a whole arc really really well of going from Moz's castle where uh maz calls him the guy who's always going to run and he's like yep Bye, <laughs> I'm leaving. He tries or to run, run away run from the fight.
3: Fun, <laughs> what are you doing? Right,
2: and then he's like, "Okay, but but not Ray. I, I won't run away from Ray. But that's it. Everything else, I will run away from." And then by the end of Last Jedi, he's like, "No, this matters. We all matter. Uh, let's stay together." And he goes from the guy who is determined to run away because the force, the, the first order can't be defeated, to the guy, you know, at that great moment when he's on the star destroyer with Janna, who the guy who's not going to turn around for anything because he feels it's in his power in the moment to to make a big difference yeah. and to make sure that they can't hurt the galaxy anymore. They can't take other kids like him or Janna. He goes from the guy who's uh, who wants to run away to the guy who's not going to leave until the evil is stopped.
3: Yeah, yeah, you, and you've hit on a great... For going from, from Maz's castle, castle. That's I think that's a great point to go from there to what you've seen uh, at, at the end of Rise of Skywalker. I'll, I'll even play around a little bit with earlier... Of um, him ex- escaping and, and you know well because it's the right Thing to do it'll impose just you know that whole Like you need a pilot I need a pilot You're right. <laughs> And that's the only reason I'm doing this It's fear even though he has some instincts and stuff At play again clear he doesn't shoot The villagers and and, and, and he sees The death in front of him the, the blood on the, on the Helmet all those things that are you know Seems so long ago or <laughs> so Six years ago now all that's there to take That guy to take that character yeah I'm Not doing something heroic I'm just trying to get out of here Cause I got to run to what you just said to where he is at the end. I love, I love one of those moments jam. There's jam. their speeders. I can't, they're not speeders. Boom hits down. Orbex are coming out. BB 8s going Finn and Janet are there. I get emotion thinking about it. Now I think that kid from the beginning, Oh, I'm doing it. Cause I just need a pilot and I want to get the hell out of here to think that guy, like you just said, I'm running. I ain't turn around. Ah, it's a full arc for me.
2: Yeah. And, and whose idea was that uh, to go get uh, Janna and all of uh, the other First Order troops who who had a feeling and walked away uh, and get the Orbachs? That was Finn because they landed on a random, not a random planet. They're trying to go there, but they landed on a planet and he connected. You know, he's, yes. he's, he's Mr. And I- Empathy and Mr. Yes. Connection. And I think that's great.
3: Yeah. And uh, as, I'm, as I'm getting passionate, I'm holding a Han Solo minifig and I just dropped it. Han, you're with me. Stay with me, Han. Stay connected. <laughs>
2: It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Uh, all right. Last uh, uh, character arc that we want to discuss uh, here is uh, Poe, of course. Mm-hmm. In The Last Jedi, Poe learns the importance of uh, balancing risk and caution. Uh, at first, he, he's really not... Uh, he, he's thinking, you, you always run ahead. You always blow up the thing. It's a fight. You got to go out there and fight. Uh, and then he learns the importance uh, through Holdo and Leia about leadership and learning uh, when to to fight to live to fight another day versus when to do a, a crazy risky daring thing because it truly does matter in that moment um and in particular he really learns this importance about being a symbol of hope uh he himself understands at the end of last jedi and says no we i get it now our whole mission right now is just for the resistance to survive and he r- repeats the line that he had been told uh, we need to be the spark that will light the fire that will burn the first order down. Uh, that's his kind of last big mission statement for where he's headed next in Last Jedi. Do you think those ideas are resolved well in The Rise of Skywalker?
3: Nah, this one completely fails, and the movie can end. <laughs> nah, no. Nah, um, man, I, I actually was getting, yeah, emotionally shook. Finn, I love you, and uh, I, I, I really hope. John Boyega, years from now, can just completely, fully, one hundred ten percent appreciate his contributions to this wonderful saga. Uh, different podcast, I guess. Um, now, the thing about Paul uh, that that I, resonates with me, this is very personal. Anyway, and I, I'm going to talk about it in terms of a big promotion. You could be a parent. You could be someone who uh, gets a gets what you want. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Joseph. You and I have other creative pursuits in this town. So let's say the Joseph Scrimshaw Comedy Hour gets that big green light. And it's something you've always felt you always wanted and you grew into, but then you actually get it and you're sitting there going, Oh God, how do I do this? Uh, I know, I know this is what I'm supposed to do, but how do I do this? That's rise the Skywalker and Poe for me. I understand the, the importance of leadership. I want this role. I'm going to seek this role out uh, or not seek it out in terms of, uh, you know, greed and power, but just like, I'm accepting what's given to me. I'm accepting my role in this and, and, and we're going to lead. And and, and we just survived because we, I learned this valuable lesson. Cool you know, fade in on rise of Skywalker. It's not going great. I can't keep <laughs> things going. My wiz space wizard friend isn't going on, on the fight. Uh, my droid, she hurt my droid mm-hmm. uh, nothing's working. We're on the run even more. No one will listen to us. And, and I don't even think any of it's worth it. And I don't, I don't really know how to do it. And I just feel so alone here. And my past, should I just go to that thing where I ran away and, and who we are, the big, that other big theme, Rise of Skywalker is, is, uh, we can be dominated by who who we were in the past, and we carry that over. Even I love the best example that, that you pointed out I love is, is Lando going, nah, my days are done. I'm old. I'm out of the fight, and that ain't true. And for all that, uh, for Poe, uh, and, and to uh, to stick with it and he he is the glue and and he learns how to lead him he learns how to be the inspiration Uh, Lando goes and gets the help and Lando's there and so that's why all that to say is I'll stop my ramble I love him at the foot of Leia's body I love him not knowing how to do it because getting the promotion and knowing how to do it when you feel alone because the buck stops (laughs) with you that's so real that's so mundane and now I got the mythic version of that
2: it really is. I think that's incredibly well said. He's, I I love Poe's energy because he was like the the go get him guy and and Force the Yeah, we can do this. We're yeah. gonna do this. And then in Last Jedi, I was like, why aren't we doing things? Yeah. <laughs> and then like, oh oh, I get it. You you need to do things in a certain way to hold everybody together, to be an inspiration, uh, to to have leadership to keep everybody together and moving in the same direction. Got it. Oh, no. Do I got it? And all of Rise of Skywalker, uh, or the beginnings of it, is just, yeah, the uh, ship's barely falling, uh, barely keeping together. Greatest asset, Ray is not leaving the planet for some reason. She's training for something. Uh, I'm trying to, to keep that that tiny little spark of hope alive. And, oh, also, uh, somehow Palpatine returned. Now things are even worse. Yeah. And I'm just trying to, I'm trying to not let my hope die, I think, mm-hmm. is what uh, what's going on with Poe. He, and he expresses it to Zori, right? Like I don't know, I don't know. I'm committed to this fight. I'm going to see it all the way through, but I don't, I don't know if I have hope. And he gets that inspiration from Zori of like there are more of us, remember? And they want you to feel alone. Uh, he gets scolded from Finn when, mm-hmm. uh, when Finn's kind of like, you know, you you are failing. You're not, you're not being as good as Leia because you're you're letting that spark go out. And then when he knows he needs to take the mantle, he gets that great advice from Lando of you know the way we did it was together. You know, and yet another moment, yet another theme of, yes, be the best individual you can be, but man, two individuals together is is pretty great, too. Yeah. And what I love most about Finn and what I feel or not Finn, but uh, Poe's journey is I feel like it's one of the most direct connections yes. to The Last Jedi of the lesson that he learns is the resistance doesn't exist to defeat the First Order by themselves. They need to exist to be the spark that will light the fire, that will burn the First Order down. They need to be the hope that will inspire other people that it's that it's worth it to fight, that you can make a difference, that everyone can come together and choose as a whole. Just like we can choose as individuals who we want to be as a whole, we can choose what we want the world, what we want the galaxy to be. And that citizen's fleet showing up at the end of Rise of Skywalker, what Right when Poe is just about out of hope and has nothing left but to apologize, the, all that time holding that spark is, is absolutely paid off. Mm. The citizen's fleet shows up and that spark that he's been talking about since Last Jedi finally becomes a fire. It's so direct in such a beautiful connection between the two films, I think.
3: It's, 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 it's inspirational. It's, it's breathtaking to me in a way that I was not expecting going into nine. Uh, I, I've talked about it here before. It's not a Navy, sir. It's, it's people. It gets me crying sometimes. I'm a little moved now. And, 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 and the, there's more of us, Poe. There's more of us. It, it, it's Star Wars. <laughs> it's what everything. It is. It's, it's Luke staring at the twin sons. I want to go be a great warrior. And he must learn to, 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 to that wars not make one great. And it's people, it's connection. And it's, it's, it's infant's nest. Throwing down her helmet and saying, "I need a drink because we're all suffering and we're all going to fight." And 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 exactly what you're saying, to Poe po holding the line, which is by the way a very Leia thing because he's directly learning from Leia. He's at he's at the foot of Leia as she's passing away to the next chapter of life, and and Leia held the line, and Poe's going to hold the line despite wh- whether or not he believes in it at the moment. And we all have those doubts, and that's why I just love that reveal. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry we did this. I'm so sorry. It. it, it, it I always say Star Wars. Often it reminds you that you are already on the journey that you're supposed to be on. Poe is already on the journey. And that moment of there's more of us, Poe, and 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 Willie, John Williams going, I finally get to use my theme <laughs> in the story, uh, never ceases to inspire me. And and and, and 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 by the way, I think there's some wonderfully corny things in that sequence, including who's that flyer? Babu Fricks there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Little service. Little little make me laugh. Yeah, great. I don't want dark. is who's that flyer? Uh Zori died. Babu died. Sorry. <laughs> Come on. Wed shows up. Let's fly. Let's fly, Lando. Lando. Yeah. God, it's it's just it's it's nine movies to that moment for me. And and, and Poe is the Poe is the is, is holding the line, man. Good job, yeah. Poe.
2: That just just beautifully summarized it. It, uh, it not only connects to Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and Force Awakens, but it connects to all these other moments in uh, the en- entire Star Wars story, the entire uh, tapestry of of storytelling. And I think for me, last thing I have to say about you know we're really looking at this connection between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, and I think Last Jedi goes some to, to some dark and. In brooding places and it Mm -hmm. it challenges and it pushes and and people question and they come out of it with belief and then they try to hold on to that belief and as long as possible in rise of skywalker they think they're on the right path but they're stumbling forward trying to make it happen and i think what what works about these two films for me is last jedi goes to this dark place to to question a lot of things and there's something about rise of skywalker that is just this loud, bright, triumphant declaration of the light side. It is the fun of Star Wars with that adventure serial pacing. It is the, the wonder of it with, you know, strange monsters and, and light speed skipping and all of that and uh, two lightsabers against a, a ton of lightning. And it's all this a weird, great fantasy. But it's also just about. Yeah, don't be ashamed of unabashedly embracing the light. Uh, Listen to your heart. Be the person that you want to be. Who are you in heart? Who are you in spirit? And do you think it's corny that we're stronger together? We don't care. (laughs) It's true. Family is good. Purpose is good. Helping one another is good. Being that person who's there to pick up their friend after they they fell down for a second, that's good, and we're not going to be ashamed of any of that. And Rise of Skywalker does border on the corny because it is just like no darkness, no snark. Here is the light.
3: Yeah, there was there was younger generations might not remember. There was a time where Luke Skywalker was kind of the goody two shoes. We don't like Luke. All he does is represent the good fight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like boring. boring it's boring it's boring it's corny uh rise of skywalker uh took everything that uh last jedi uh uh presented and, and went into the heart of darkness to uh shine a light
2: yeah yeah all right so uh we went a little bit over uh my projected time but i think we talked about a, a lot of great things <laughs> uh and obviously this is really great uh to just really show you truly that um we totally understand, like we said at the top of the podcast, art is subjective and everyone has a right, uh, as a Star Wars fan to love different parts of Star Wars. And if these movies don't work for you, and if you listen to this whole podcast and you're still like, yeah, no, I, I don't feel the connection. Uh, that's totally fine. Uh, but I think this podcast has been a great, um, demonstration that, uh, can our passion is real, <laughs> right? I am. Uh, in my we're room, truly deeply moved by these films. I am in my
3: room alone, no ACs on. I'm sweating. I I uh, I look like uh, I'm from Streetcar Named Desire in a, in a tank top, and I'm crying. <laughs> um, and I say often, you know, I, I I I you know, going being being quite frankly on Jedi Council in 2017, where where we we often and and you were in that too, Joseph, just like sometimes the focal point of. Uh, being too rosy about Star Wars, I used to, we used to get that all the time. I used to get that directly at me all the time. Uh, so uh, I go home after those, and I still put on Solo, and I still put on Rogue One, and I still watch Clone Wars, and I still watch Rise of Skywalker. I watched Last Jedi. I watched Last Jedi on a treadmill uh, two days ago. <laughs> I've seen this movie thirty nine times. I've lost count. And 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 the when, when Tally Lentrick, God bless you, Tally. When she when when Poe says Tally, get on in there, and her A wing pops up. I, I I'm like yes yes. We got it. And, and I know what happens. <laughs> yeah. I still love this thing. And you know why? Because I was there in the 80s. And I'm not saying you needed to be there in the 80s. I was there in the 80s, but I was choked, beaten, and pushed down because I had to Return of the Jedi shirt on. And, man, what a wonderful time to be a Star Wars fan. And what a just wonderful
2: – we're blessed to even have films to debate exactly exactly and i and i think uh, the i know i said this is my final thought this is my real final thought uh, of, you know uh, <laughs> uh you know it, it can be hard to to embrace uh, joy and sincerity um and you know, when I was a kid, I, I felt such passion for these stories and I felt such inspiration. And, and you know, the moment where Luke flips in Return of the Jedi and he catches that green blade and he can save yeah. his friends and a hero has come and he has that emotional clarity of, uh, I am a Jedi like my father before me. That gave me thrills and chills growing up. And now that I uh, am older and uh, growing up more, I get those same chills and thrills from moments like, my hero luke skywalker saying, you know, i will not be the last jedi. this fight, this heroism will continue and i really enjoy letting myself embrace that. well said sir. well said. excellent. all right, do you want to tell people where they can find us? Hi, friends. Welcome to Force
3: Center. We love talking about Star Wars. (laughs) We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Uh, We are also on Instagram and YouTube as well. A little less active on there, we know, but we love rebroadcasting episodes on YouTube. And we always might just throw something up there with our faces on it. You never know. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of different podcast platforms, including... Anchor, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, check us out on Amazon Music and Spotify as well. Uh, merch available at tpublic.com user slash 4 and patreon.com slash 4 is where you can support us directly. Uh, my name is Ken Napsock, and you can follow me at Ken Napsok or go to my web, website, kennapsok.com or uh, check out all the fun things I do over at the GPA, the Good People Association. We're not the good people, you are. Uh, check us out at thegpa.fun. And Joseph
2: yes uh you can follow me on twitter instagram and tiktok is at joseph scrimshaw and you can check out my website dot for all of my other comedy adventures thank you uh so much for everyone who uh listened to this uh extra supersized episode of Four center for now for myself for ken for the spirit of connection and individuals this has been force center